Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. Oh, so tired. You've had an interesting week or two? Yeah, so obviously we didn't have a podcast uh, last week. Two hours after we finished recording the award show, I received a phone call at nine o'clock on the Wednesday evening from an unknown number. At this stage, I thought to myself, now stop that. Not going to answer that. And it phoned me again straight afterwards. And I thought, God, this person's really desperately their text return done. Ergo, I'm definitely not going to answer it. <laughs> phoned a third time and I thought, okay, oh well, maybe they're that desperate. I can make some money out of this. Hmm. It turns out it was one of my mum's motorbike friends. Right, who okay. basically said, oh, your mum's been taken up to hospital. I was like, I shall be there straight away. So I drove back from my palatial mansion and my um, fancy yacht boat house. Uh, all the way- <laughs> That's an inside joke. No one's going to get up off me. I don't care. Drive all the way back to Ashford in Kent to the William Harvey Hospital, the place of death uh, for most people who go there. Well, the birth of my child as well. Like, well, she's know, lucky to be alive. It's not all bad. <laughs> go um, on. Went there and they, because she had a huge migraine, they thought to start with. Mm. So they gave her some medicine, gave her some liquid morphine, did a CT scan. Everything was absolutely fine. But she complained about vision, which is lucky because my mum would normally not bother people. And which she sat up in a trolley. Now it's the early hours of Thursday morning, 3 a.m. And I was like, we might be gone. We might be out by breakfast time. Hopefully. Pretty hungry. The hope of a person in a hospital waiting room. And then you know, someone hmm. came up and went, oh, by the way, sorry, forgot to tell you. Forgot to tell you. Great start. Um, you're not going home tonight. We need to give you an MRI scan. And at that right. stage, I was livid. More, more so I was livid when my mum went, oh, no one's shut up the chickens. The fox might get them. <laughs> and I was like... But that's another 20 minutes oh, away fuck. from when I go. So I drove yeah. back, all, all fine. She had the MRI scan on the um, the Thursday, and they turned around like, yeah, she's got massive aneurysm, and it's about to rupture. And she was in absolute agony. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. Then on the Friday, they rushed her up to the um, Kings up in London. Yeah. And the nurse pretty much said to me, going, well, it's either operate or, well, game over. And I was like, "Are you, is that how they phrase yeah. it? Yeah. What the fuck? And I was like, I was like, Jesus Christ! This is the same hospital. Be a bit more subtle. I know, like, dirt, doctors and nurses have got like a dark sense of humour. Yeah, but like, game over. It's not a fucking video game. Jesus but, Christ! Well, uh, that's been I've referred to ever since. So after, so last Monday, uh, my mum had the operation because when we got to Kings on the Friday, they said, "Oh, there's um, there's it's it's serious, but there's no immediate rush." So we'll, we're going to operate on Monday. We can plan plan our procedure, put roots right. out the brain and everything so we know exactly what we're doing. I thought, that's amazing. Give some context to people that aren't um, Southerners sort of thing. King's is like the greatest hospital in the planet, basically. Yeah, for, for neurology in yeah. the UK, King's, if you ever have a neurological issue... That's where you want to be. Yeah. If you, sure. you, you don't want to be at the William Harvey because obviously they... <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. If <laughs> something had gone wrong, obviously they would have tried to salvage it or sure. choppered her off to... Kings. I'm sure there's some very talented people in Ashford, but I'd rather be at Kings. Yeah, uh, given exactly. The choice. So they waited out the whole weekend, my mum in absolute agony, and they operated on the Monday morning. I'm there with my brother, and no one knows where she is. And it turns out what's actually happened is the aneurysm had ruptured the right. day before. And had there been at a, Kings. At Kings. Okay. Had there been an emergency, she would have been bumped to surgery on Tuesday, which means she'd be dead. Luckily, there were no emergencies. Hooray for, hooray for weekends knowing dying. Um, but they didn't tell us. And it turns out my mum had had a seven-hour brain surgery on the Monday. Yeah. And to show you how remarkable it is and how good they are, the next day, 
my mum basically was sat up in her bed complaining that dinner was late and where her, where was her chicken casserole and on monday this week they let her home one week one week after seven hours brain surgery it's mind-blowing it's crazy how they can do that the the most amazing mm. thing is they did the most limited invasive so they went through the groin so they didn't even have to go in cut her hair off through the groin and they I've heard a few people talk about this the heart attacks and things as well yeah. going through the groin apparently Insane. it's like the way to do it now and they blocked off the vessel because yeah. they did some tests because sometimes if you block this vessel uh, where the aneurysm was located in her brain it makes the person have a stroke so they had to do like a test block so if it looked like she was about to have a stroke they had to go oh pull out that balloon That's okay. we can't go that way fuck <laughs> Jesus but basically they blocked up this vessel yeah. in the brain and the left hand side of the brain is compensating for the right and it just carries on working, even though there's no blood supply through this vessel in the brain. It's insane. Biology is just... What? How does that work? How does the left hand side go, don't worry, mate, I got it. <laughs> I'll continue. <laughs> uh, so hopefully, so from a neurological standpoint, she's going to be fine. The vision, where the aneurysm got so big, it pushed yeah. against the nerves in her eye. So she's still got vision in her right eye, but she can't move or open her eyelid. But okay. that's going to be months to recover. Yeah, so yeah. if you want to help my mum, send her a care package. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I know sometimes people say on this pod that we make up shit about shilling our shirts, but I wanted to save this to gauge your genuine facial reaction. Okay. I shit you not, in King's Hospital, in the Marks and Spencer's food, because it's the only place it was, there was a person standing there wearing a World of Wrestling Podcast t-shirt. <laughs> Are you serious? And at the time, <laughs> I was wearing oh, no my shit. Tax Williams t-shirt. Yeah. And the person on the pod, clear, with a pod t-shirt on, clearly yeah. didn't know me, and went, oh, you're a fan of Tax Williams? <laughs> and, I, and I was like, <laughs> holy shit. I look like the guy on my t-shirt with my Tax Williams t-shirt. I was like, yeah, he's all right, isn't he? I recognise the voice. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, didn't recognise wow, it at all. Holy shit! I said, "Oh, cool." Do you, uh, so, do you listen to his podcast? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just take a step back for a second. Did you? T- it's like your mum had to go through all this just so you could tell me this story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's a really indirect way to try and shield her t-shirt. <laughs> like, she didn't have to do all that, you know. Like, she heard we were struggling. <laughs> holy fucking shit! But I didn't have the. I didn't really. I know. I don't oh know why God. I didn't say to him, "I am tax." Williams, because that sounds really big leaguey. It's kind of and fun also, not to almost. I know? think I was trying to sneak a, like an offensive comment, like oh, I think tax is shit, but rich is good. <laughs> you know, like ESPN did. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, if you would like to be oh, my new best friend in the MNS Food Hall in King's College Hospital in London, you can go to Amazon.co.uk, search World of Wrestling Podcast, buy yourself a T-shirt, and help me uh, buy food for my mother who can't drive now for several months. Mate, what's the chance that like, couldn't believe it? All that, and you stand there and it's <laughs> in Kings, and you're like, oh shit, there's one of like you know, 20 odd people that actually own our t shirt in the world. But you know? don't worry, guys, you don't have to always shop in MS to be able to qualify to bundle buy one of these shirts. It's £15. Yeah, yeah. Which is about the same cost as a sandwich in MS. I want to keep talking about this story, to be honest. Like, fuck the NWA. <laughs> no, do not fuck the NWA. Hard times for the current evolution of the NWA is this Sunday, however. Sure. Sorry, this Friday. Great. However. Today, we are covering NWA Starcade 1987. That's right, over 30 years ago, this event took place. Yeah, Chai Town Heat, this is referred oh, to yeah. as. Um, so, 26th November 1987, live on pay per view and closed circuit television. <laughs> the UIC Pavilion in Chicago, Illinois, the same place they seem to do a lot of these NWA, Jim Crockett, yeah. WF. 
We'll get into that bollocks in a minute. Uh, the attendance capacity listed on Cage Match is 8,000. What do you think the actual attendance was? Well, I got the attendance off Wikipedia of 8,000 because it definitely wasn't someone mm. being lazy going, here's the capacity of the UIC pavilion. It, it, mm, very busy on the hard cam. It started, like, we'll get to it in a minute, but like there were some empty seats and you were like, oh, yeah. shit. By the time you get two, three matches in, it looked pretty packed to me. Like, I mean, what's Sting ever done? No wonder why it was empty. He's not a draw. <laughs> <laughs> At this time, I wonder. He wasn't, though. He was uh, He was literally... Young boy coming through almost, Young boy he? starting off his career. It was only, I think it's possibly one or two years after this that he starts feuding with Flair yeah. for, for the uh, the big gold belt. What year were you born? 83. 83. Okay, I was born 86. Yeah. So this is... I was one. <laughs> okay. I would have been... Four what's come your, November. What's your earliest like pro wrestling memory outside of WWF? Uh, would have been WCW action figures in Toys R Us. Okay, what year roughly do you think that? Oh would have man, been? that would have been 1991, 1992. Because 92. no, it would have been nineteen ninety one because obviously Flair was in tail end of ninety one into the ninety two Rumble when Flair was in WWE. Sure, because yeah. I remember seeing the action figure prior to that and then going who I knew Ric Flair was based on the Arn Anderson Ric Flair um, double pack. And we've talked about you seeing Flair with the belt on WWF TV and yeah. such in the past and all that. So uh, my early memories are obviously SummerSlam 92 and I think that was 93 that I probably got that yeah. VHS and so that's when my fandom sort of began so this is a really interesting time period for me 1987 because it just kind of predates our fandom yeah you know so it's like we know kind of from five six years after this almost I would say pretty much everything of the major companies that kind of happened but this like is a complete unknown yeah so that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to look at this show yeah the other one was specifically I was looking for a rock and roll midnight express match because I've been watching endless Jim Cornette shoots <laughs> you mean honesties <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that yes I know he's a bit of a piece of shit and all this sort of stuff no one talks better in the whole industry apart from him and Heenan maybe this is the thing where I know we'll get to it in the match take away everything else about Cornet other than his views on professional wrestling and his voice in professional wrestling yeah in wrestling I agree with quite a lot of what Jim Cornet says uh, WWE, <laughs> WWE Network is where I'm watching this. You Same two. here, yep. God, the music dubbing is the fucking worst thing in existence, isn't it? Well, the Road Warriors come out and you don't get... You just get like... We're not in Mexico. We're not in Mexico. I know, man, I know. But still, like, he would have thought there'd be some sort of music licensing deal. At least we got Flair's music in the main event. Yeah, I wonder whether it would have been... Would he use this music in 1987? Yeah. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay, good stuff. They definitely dubbed it still. Yeah. It was like the crowd noise wasn't natural. I'm sure it wasn't. Well, then when you look at... None of these entrances. When you look at Lex Luger's entrance... And it was just basically generic. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. ding. That WCW music. Yeah. You know? It was a (laughs) generic rock riff, four chords, then slight change for the pre-chorus. Sure, sure. And back into same four chords. I just, it ruins it. Totally ruins it. Makes the entrance music. Absolutely makes it for me. Oh, really? Because this is what, this is, and can you imagine, and obviously we'll go through these matches um, as we go through the pod. Can you imagine this put on a pay-per-view in the modern era. How many people <laughs> would just be livid? Isn't that what NWA are doing right Which now? Which is why I love it so much. <laughs> no entrances for most of the people. Oh, it's yes, so good. There's okay, just quickly modern product in power or whatever. We we kind of joke about it because you really like it, and I I don't mind it. I joke about hating yeah. it, but I don't really. It's uh, I just think it's like a big step backwards. 
in a in a, in like what I just meh, meh, meh. I don't know what to say. Like I just don't think it's pushing any boundaries. You know, I don't think it's supposed to. That's the whole idea okay. of a studio wrestling show. It's wrestling for the sake of wrestling. You've got old boys, new boys, sure. young boys. <laughs> So this show, the uh, Starcade that we're watching, 1987, was a solid two hours, 27 minutes. A good length for a wrestling show. Great perfect. for pay-per-view. Absolutely perfect. As I'd, I'd like three for a yeah. big Starcade show, like a WrestleMania sort of level. But two and 227 was enough. I think for the action, which we went this for the 227, it was on the verge of going a bit long. Yeah. There was a couple of we have to stall while we set up the next bit of scaffolding or cage or whatever, you know? Yeah. But Which, if you haven't seen the show, and we've mentioned scaffolding and cages, you can tell this is a little bit gimmick heavy. This is gimmick central, this show. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I loved it. <laughs> so our commentary team for tonight are Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone. A very young Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone, especially Tony, Jesus Christ. Yeah. He is talking like he's trying to be a radio presenter. I like the fact that they were already at the stage of their careers where they're trying not to uh, hide their regional diction. <laughs> they're sure. trying really hard to do generic announcer voice. JR failing badly. Yeah, but yeah. again, I don't. I never understood why people seem to think in the early days of wrestling commentary, well, you want to lose your regional diction. It's like, well, it's weird, isn't it? I, because if you're going for the NWA, or let's say if you're going for um, sort of mid south, if you're in mid south. You don't want someone to speak generic, I am speaking, as a commentator. No, you want people to have your regional diction for your regional promotion. I agree with that. I like a bit of like personality and stuff. Yeah. Like if I'm listening to a Scottish band, I like hearing a Scottish accent. You yeah. know what I mean? But um, I, I think there's obviously that thing of like, if you're a New Yorker and you yeah. hear good old JR from Oklahoma on the mic, you're going to be like, oh, there's Southern drawl bollocks and swatch to the WWF yeah. or whatever. So I think that's the purpose. Yeah. But um, they don't achieve it in a great sense. But J- again, obviously this is 30 odd years ago, but hmm. JR looked like a choir boy. It's His great. creepy smiling at the camera in between segments, like, hi. <laughs> Years like from those dating videos. <laughs> <laughs> Years from now, I'll be outcruited by my longtime broadcast partner, Jerry Lawler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. Okay, so we open what seems to be a dirty old hockey arena. It is filth. Absolute filth. I reckon they've been cockfighting and then, like, strippers. Just after the cockfighting had cleared out. Sure. That's how like, dirty this venue looked. I love it when they pan down across the ring and you see all the flashing lights, kind of like the halogens getting stuck yeah. in the camera lens and things. Because it's beautiful, that that drifty kind of smoky, horrible, southern bollocks. All you really get. needed for like the intro bars and the, the, the announcements of wrestling names is actually to have like a continual swirling picture till <laughs> they arrived. I mean, we're in Chicago, but it feels like Memphis. Yeah. Um, you know? UIC Pavilion, mm. was this where on a previous pod where they hosted the Crockett Cup. I believe so, yeah. yeah I definitely, it felt the same we've in Chicago as a university. We've know? definitely visited the UIC Pavilion on the Real World Wrestling Podcast before. I think it was the same one. Um, I love how they pan down to the ring sometimes and it's just like a concrete floor around the ring with no showy mats or carpet or anything it's just concrete floor with a ring on it the athletic commission have no rules in chicago at this time <laughs> yeah, there's cables everywhere all over the floor so there's tv camera cables there's audio cables microphone things like it, it's a hazard running around there wrestling or i like to call brit rest <laughs> well <laughs> that too so um white lights uh flash and cover all the crowd as we kind of pan across 
we get red, white, yellow text overlay. It says, Glory Bound, Starcade 87, Shy Town Heat from Chicago, Illinois, Thanksgiving 1987. I'm like, get your gimmicks in, boys. This was also um, the same year that WWE ran Survivor Series. Ah, oh, is it this I think show? this was the first year that ah, was run side by side. Amazing. We should have done more research, but we've had <laughs> a few things going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, Shivoni and his 80s mullet and porn star massage uh, and JR welcome us to the show. Uh, immediately, WWE dub over the old WCW music and I'm like, mm, but it is what it is. Ooh, backstreet, Atlanta, <laughs> yeah. GA, bow now. So, Michael Hayes does his rhythmical pointing from the match <laughs> of the night. A six-man tag team match of Eddie Gilbert, Larry Zabisco and Rick Steiner with the glamorous baby doll. Oh, yeah, Glamorous is a subjective word. (laughs) (laughs) Versus Sting and the fabulous Freebirds of Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin with the glamorous Precious. Oh, good old Precious. It surprised me when you look at this team, Sting, handsome chap, Mm. Michael P.S. Hayes, syphilis-riddled piece of shit, but (laughs) he's there and a good-looking chap. But then Mr. Garvin is the one who's dating Precious. Yeah. So, uh... Garvin boys not very good are they <laughs> oh no hang on <laughs> hang on ronnie garvin is a is a true gem for that big gold belt and there's no reason that he got that belt other than the bad booking decision leave leave him be sure sure let's, let's stick and with, his brother's here let's stick with this one for now what's named jimmy garvin jimmy g it's, it's, um do you want to describe his character his personality his look well obviously he's hanging out with michael hayes so he's struggling to be a free bird there's that to start yeah, with sure. he looks like how's best to describe it if you think of stig in the dump <laughs> in trunks <laughs> it's pretty much bang on man but what i liked about this is that as we'll see throughout this whole show all the wrestlers looked like men who you would not mess with in a pub yeah although garvin looks more like he would be fantastic at the hockey and being a great <laughs> darts player yeah, it looked like he's the kind of dude six pints in would feel more comfortable playing yeah. anything. So um, what about the other team? We've got Eddie Gilbert, Larry Zabisco, and Rick Steiner. We've got some narrative going in here that JR does quite a good job yeah. of explaining. This kind of stable feuds going on. Sting kind of has left the heel stable as far as I understand. Yep. I think there's an element where... Because this is just post Blade Runners as well, so this is post Blade okay. Runners, and then he's joined up with sort of the uh, the other factions with Steiner and Gilbert. So Warriors around. probably fucked off by this point. Yeah, Warriors um, e bound at the moment. Okay, fair enough. Dingo Warrior, um, sorry, the Dingo Warrior. <laughs> oh, that's what he was this time, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, sure, sure. So I thought um, immediately seeing Rick Steiner, like young Rick Steiner, he looks very dynamite kid. Yeah, Roydy Magoo oh, yeah. levels of. Yike, your frame's not meant to take that size. Almost. He was certainly inflated. Mm, much more than I remember Rick Steiner being inflated. Yeah, he. I think he he, he bulked up a bit. So he went roidy, then put some work in. Yeah. Probably around the same time as the Roy trial. Sounds Cause, likely. Because yeah. the Sarah trial was 89? I don't know. I think it was 89. I thought Sarah it was trial. later than that, but like, oh, who knows? Possible. Oh no, it was possibly later because that's when Hogan was on his way out and Bulldog and Warrior left because um, yeah, they needed to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hogan was gone by '92. Yeah, really. What was WrestleMania ten? WrestleMania ten. What main event? Yeah, what year? WrestleMania ten was '93. Uh, 
Okay, so he came back a bit in '93. Yeah, but he's gone after that, wasn't he? He the, WrestleMania 10 was the first Mania without Hogan. Oh, which which one's Caesar's Palace? The car Seven park Seven or eight. Because that's one which I'm where Giant Gonzalez and The Undertaker with the chlorophyll where the rest they were going, oh, what's that smell? That one. I'm getting confused, but yeah, it's all good. Heenan. That's what that smell was. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Sting looks like a fucking superstar. Yeah, out of all out of the six here, yeah. we'll exclude the lady valets for the time <laughs> being. Sting is there. He's got everything. He looks different. The, sure. most, the most memorable gear for the whole show face paint short yeah. crop top thing crop top that's not what i would say yeah. crop top on his hair yeah. <laughs> and like he does that dive to the outside during this match it gets a huge pop from everyone in the arena in the good old days yeah where dives yeah. meant something yeah there's only a few dives in this show uh we'll talk about <laughs> one's on a scaffold tower <laughs> <laughs> god hang on don't spoil <laughs> anyway so as shivoni begins to nasally cheap radio dj voice starts to talk uh the hard cam shows a buttload of empty seats opposite the other side of it i, I got worried at this time as we've talked about they do fill out later yeah. in the show thankfully did you did you have bad flashbacks to five star I had moments where it looked about that empty. Yeah. I was thinking, is this going to be like 8,000 capacity with like 150 people in the front row? But this goes to show, again, how underdeveloped these characters were. At the time, obviously, Freebirds were still doing brilliantly, and it's just that they're the, they're the named values to try and get Sting over as a, as a face. Yeah. But then you've got early Steiner, Larry Zabisco, who I think essentially at this time already is a case of, right, well, he's done his top-level bits. In the and WWF, all, yeah. you know? And... Eddie Gilbert, who still had an important role to play up in um, FCW Florida as well to start with in Deep South. I think he had a role in as well. This show generally feels like a lot of uh, the NWA promotions all kind of coming together for a big show. So this is where I guess we can talk about the UWF banner, which is this promoted underneath this one. Do you not know what the UWF was? No. All I know is that a lot of their belts were on the line in cross-promotional joy. I uh, screen capped a thing. I'll read it to you. So, the Universal Wrestling Federation was owned by Bill Watts, attempting to make his Mid-South Wrestling promotion a national level to a national level in 1986. The attempt failed, and in 1987, Watts sold the promotion to Jim Crockett Promotions, and it became part of what would later become known as World Championship Wrestling. Oh, I see. I'm like, it's genuinely really interesting that this is their first attempt to go national against Vince. Yeah. That's what the UWF was. It didn't fucking work. <laughs> but, you know, they got there eventually. A few other people had to take the reins off of him. And they got the Turner stuff and Jim Crockett and comes yeah. WCW afterwards. I think it'd be really interesting at some point. As I said, it's not an optimum time to do it. But around that time, we had all of the territories. It'd be nice to do some kind of timeline diagram of how things went, how things merged, and how it basically filtered Damn. down to two. Because that, it's I mean, it, just difficult. one whole podcast on that to see the buyouts, the merging, the the backstabbing yeah. even the uwf was brought back under a different name by a completely separate promoter sometime Edler. later <laughs> no <laughs> but like you know uh, yeah so it's it's, it's incredibly complex the yeah. territory system and keeping track of everything we've done shows where we've looked like the last uh the crockett cup one we did yeah where we were like wait which promotion were these people again <laughs> like <laughs> no they're one or the other but Anyway, so Sting gets this huge dive over the top. Compl- cameras completely miss it. Not the fl- last time I'll say that this evening. The camera work was uh, <laughs> sloppy, to say the least. It's nice to see that still on TNT and the Turner Broadcasting Network, they still use the same camera people to miss all the spots like they do in AEW. Mm, yeah, they do miss quite a lot, don't they? Quite a lot? It's not great. Yeah. So the fans 
hate Zabisco. <laughs> yeah. He gets in the ring and, oh my lord, it's like, Larry sucks. Larry sucks. They detest this dude. And especially at the time where, as you said, there were so few people in the crowd, it was loud. And I know obviously there's yeah. things you can do to uh, turn up your crowd, etc. But this felt re- real, like genuine. Even the, you could, everyone was into it. Yeah, yeah, like massively against Zabisco. Proper hatred. Yeah. Ladies with handbags. I wonder whether it's that WWF connection coming into the NWA. That Possibly. makes him even more hated during this yeah. time. He's a good heel as well. He's, he's a great heel. He's really good. Yeah. <laughs> so the heels beat the crap out of Garvin for the most of the match, especially Steiner. So would I. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he is shit. But anyway, so I'm not sure how gorgeous, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin really is. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing though. Play to the gimmick. You're told he's sure. gorgeous. He's got a piece of eye candy on his arm. <laughs> a little nod of just like <laughs> I candy kind of you know yeah yeah fine fine um, but again they're playing into the gimmick and remarkably the ladies in the crowd bought into it that bollocks 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 I'm calling bullshit on that no one's into Jimmy Garvin right cut to the next ACPW event on the 9th of February I'm gonna be called Tasty Tax Williams <laughs> <laughs> so we get a spicy hot tag to the stinger <laughs> Uh, Gil- Curry man's not there. <laughs> Gilbert throws Sting over, out over the top rope. Boom. Holy shit. JR and Shivoni start talking about how this is the time period where NWA WCW had a rule about no over the top. You can't throw your opponent over the top rope. This is important for later in this pod. Because uh, you know every single fucking match is going to have this in it. Because they relied on it endlessly when it was a thing. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'd pick this show because I thought it would be a lot of fun and we'd have an enjoyable one. Oh, no, we aren't going to have an enjoyable one. The endless bullshit finishes on the show because you knew it was coming the second they start talking about but it. But again, think, think of back when we've covered like early 90s pay-per-views as well and how many clean finishes there actually have been. None. WWF would deliver every time, man. Think about 92. Nearly every match has a clean finish. Yes, but I'm not just talking about WWF, WWE. Think of all the WCW stuff we've watched. I don't think I've seen a clean finish in the last few NWA shows. No, none at all. (laughs) Anyway, so time limit remaining announcements go on throughout the match. And you're like, okay. By the time they get to like, there's five minutes remaining. You're like, no one's taking a pinfall. Look at the six dudes that are in the ring. None of these taking a fall. So I begin to smell a dusty finish. Faces go wild. Hayes gives Dubisco the flying bulldog and has him pinned for the one, two, three. But Larry's leg is over the bottom rope. Nice touch. I quite enjoyed that, actually. Yeah. Like, these two can work like fucking crazy. I'd be disappointed if they couldn't. (laughs) Absolutely. You expect Michael Hayes and Larry Zabisco to put on something special, you know? Yeah, certainly Zabisco. Yeah. Yeah. Hayes is good, too. I tell you what. I some credit. I I only did that for witticism. I spent quite a bit of time (laughs) last year just watching Michael Hayes' individual matches on the network. Sure. Just to try and pick up some, how could you wrestle without bumping too much? Yeah. Because Hayes, have you noticed? He never bumps. Never bumps. Never, 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 never. Exactly. So there is one thing that Michael Hayes does that I can demonstrate to you that no one else will get that I think is like a bit special. <laughs> you know? Special, I like, like this. He does this. Okay. Goes. Oh, yeah. He basically flicks out his tail feathers. So if you, uh, obviously you are only getting the audio version of this, if you put your hands, <laughs> um, palms facing down in front of you and then just... Swing your palms behind you as you're doing a small bit of a like a, a paddle or a fan. Yeah, with his arms extended yeah. by his size, like he's almost about to take off, but he's a little too special to understand what wings are. Which is really <laughs> nice that we get to see Terry Taylor, who perfected this as oh, the Red Rooster God. later on. 
as Terry Taylor later on this show yeah. as well. God, anyway, they tease a few more finish. Countdown from 10. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Ding, ding, ding. Time limit draw. Who would have thought it? But as you said, got to keep the territory people strong. Of course. People from different territories all coming in. Should have seen it coming with these six dudes in the ring. Yeah. You would have thought that like, you know, Gilbert might take a pinfall. But, but did what it needed to do. Of course. Heel heat from Zabisco. Sting looked like an absolute stud. Mm. Steiner has been in the gym buying things in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's uh, it's the problem with NWA at this time. What's Scotty Steiner doing at this time? With yeah. Big Rick being I was wondering, because he's not on this show. No. Might have been injured, maybe coming up through university and stuff, because Rick looks really young, and yeah. Scott's younger, isn't he? So maybe he's still finishing his education or whatever. Detention. <laughs> well, yeah, probably. <laughs> Dean Douglas had him in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so JR and Tony send us backstage with Missy Hyatt, and she does lots of talking to the camera. <laughs> yep, she... Dress, dress professionally. <laughs> she says, we're going to be seeing a whole lot more three times in one sentence. I'm like, that's genuinely impressive. And this highlights again why people go, oh, WWE don't need script writers. Sometimes you do. Yeah, some people do. Some people definitely do. Not Missy Hyatt, though. She got, she went for the great political approach. Say yeah. things three times and it gets over and it's in your memory. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So more WWE music dubbing. I'm going to stop complaining about it because it's terrible. UWF heavyweight title match of Steve Williams, Dr. Death Steve Williams, our current champion, versus the big boy, Barry Windham, as I'm now calling him, the, the big, big boy. Because he is fucking massive. First question I thought to myself, which was nice to see, where the hell Steve Williams' neck? <laughs> yeah, he, he lost that a few years yeah. back, didn't he? He's, uh, he hmm. is strong in the trapezoids, isn't he? Yeah. What do you think, Steve Williams? I have never been overly impressed with his in-ring bits. Have uh, I know you've watched WWF Steve Williams bits, the little bit he was there. Dr. Death he would have been. I'm assuming you saw some WCW stuff. Yeah. It was around the time we were big fans. But when we he was a Scott. martial artist, <laughs> he did. Oh, oh <laughs> come on. That doesn't count. <laughs> Brawl for all does not count. <laughs> Anyway, v- visit that back in the uh, the pods, by the way, at worldwrestlingpodcast.com. Go and listen to our Brawl for All special. It it's, was quality. It's a good episode if you want to hear me get fucking annoyed with not wrestling. <laughs> anyway, so um, Steve Williams, uh, have you seen his Japan stuff, for example? Where he was a violent son of a bitch? Yeah. Yeah, he's quite a tough boy, isn't he? I still don't think he's very good. No. I struggle to see what people saw in him. Uh, Apart from he's big. He's big and he's violent, which in terms of storied and choreographed professional wrestling, as we saw in some of the strikes in this match, not great. Nah, he can't even fucking talk. That's why he had JR to do it for him. Wow. Can't believe they were trying to use the brawl fraud to get him over as a main event talent. <laughs> Jesus, can you imagine during the Attitude Era, they were going, oh, we could put this belt on Austin or Rock, but Steve Williams is here and he just knocked out Billy. Oh, no, wait, Billy Gunn. No, he got knocked out. No, no, he Where got knocked out the first Steve round. Steve Williams working Steve Austin. What the fuck? No, just, just absolutely not. Imagine working The Rock or Ken Shamrock or something. Especially in the creative media. Okay, Steve Williams. What? No, 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 sorry. The real Steve <laughs> Williams. Williams. The fake Steve Williams, not you real Steve Williams. Ben Steve Williams, Austin. Austin, Steve Williams. Austin, uh, what? What? <laughs> so, this is a UWF match. So, the the NWA Plus, I guess? Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. This is the a nas- gimmick. The national. You've got the NWA gimmick. Just Which, put that over. You know? <laughs> Pure, surely the uh, the UWF being over- superseded by the National Wrestling Alliance yeah. would have been a better idea. 
<laughs> but universe is bigger than nation. So <laughs> let's not get into the rank of the WWE belts. Oh but they always God. talk about wanting to go national and no point did a wrestling promotion until WWE ruined it when yeah. we, wanted, we really want to go universal and they're like no that's a studio just down in Florida <laughs> do you think the NWA board or whatever went no 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 we're not going national we're just going to keep what we're doing while Vince is making all that money over there you, you go do your national thing call it the UWF you'll still be part of the NWA and we'll control the big shows but but you're the national promotion. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. What the fuck? I mean, based on some of the booking committee decisions at the time. Roddy Garvin's the fucking world heavyweight champion. <laughs> this is dumb Be- as fuck. Because apparently, even though it's never been revealed who they wanted, the person they wanted to have take the belt off Flair because they wanted to end his title reign in 87. Yeah, sure. I understand. Was unavailable due to political reasons. Who? It, I've never found it. I've tried to do my little ah. bit of research on who was supposed to take the belt from Flair. But then there were apparently issues of availability, plus the booking committee were like, uh, let's give it to Ronnie Garvin. I mean, you have Dusty Rhodes on the card. Yes, but he was fighting for his career, as we'll get to. <laughs> you have Lex Luger. Who was fighting to end Dusty's career, which we'll get to later. <laughs> He's just a common man, but not at this stage. Uh, Dr. Death looks fucking mental. He comes out and he looks genuinely like he's got a screw loose. I mean, that's not the correct terminology to use. <laughs> I know. All right, Cornette. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. He, d- he doesn't look uh, happy or healthy, really. That's the one thing you notice with Steve Williams. Mm. I think even from this time period, his combat and his in-ring hasn't helped his health at all. Yeah. Mm. So they shook hands. But Barry Windham, what a <laughs> stallion. I love Barry Windham. Yeah. I've been a big fan for years. This match is terrible. So they shake hands immediately and I'm like, fuck this match. <laughs> Respect for the belt. Dumb. Face versus face at your biggest show just after you've had a time limit draw with six people. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, you say it's not been a great match. Have you ever seen a decent Doctor Death match? No, I've seen decent Barry Windham matches. Yeah, Barry Windham can carry Barry anyone. Windham's great, yeah, yeah. The reason why Bradshaw <laughs> did so well. You can't carry this big fucker. <laughs> yeah, but this doesn't really count as a wrestler. <coughs> ah, true, true. So uh, fans are starting to shout boring immediately as the match starts. Are you sure that's just not you shouting at your monitor? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. One fan even stands up and like Joey Styles fan level of awesomeness just goes, do something! Yeah. <laughs> About five minutes in. So funny. So Tony starts out by putting uh, this over as the world-class technical masterpiece it's going to be. JR then starts to question whether these two have started cautiously. (laughs) Yeah, we know this, mate. It's fucking terrible. I mean, as it's two faces, who's going to put the rest hold on? Fucking hell. It's just endless rest holds. There's there's nothing in this match. They don't even hit each other. But this is 80s wrestling. It's a game of chess and physicality based on body manipulation. Chess. Did you compare this bollocks to chess? I didn't say it was a good game of chess. I mean, again, similar to a good Steve Williams. Have, have you, you know? ever watched on YouTube a good chess match and gone, bloody hell, that was intense? Uh, yeah, I have, actually. You're a flipping nerd. <laughs> <laughs> really weirdly, I watched one the other day where uh, a world-class chess player got outdone in four moves by some noob. And he literally, instead of the noob like going, I've won sort of thing, he just laid down his king and was like, see you later. Walked off and I was like, what a gangster. Like... I, lo- I love Submitted. it. Is this called like a pawn drop now? <laughs> Is that what we do at chess? <coughs> I'm still getting over this cold, man. Sorry, my throat's still sore, but I'm doing all right. So, uh, Dr. Death goes uh, for a leapfrog on Wyndham. 
I mean, what what vertical jump <laughs> Steve Williams has. I mean, think back to your vertical jump on episode 50. You jumped higher than Steve Williams when doing the leapfrog. Maybe. <laughs> I didn't jump very high. <laughs> you still jumped higher than Steve Williams. <laughs> so, Barry Windham goes to be leapfrogged. <laughs> but, <laughs> Baza's head... Baza! <laughs> Smacks Dr. Death right in the dick. (laughs) (laughs) Football to the groin. Football to the groin. (laughs) Best spot of the match. Uh, But Wyndon doesn't go after Dr. Death at all while he's down. He gives him like literally five, six minutes to recover. You've got to. Oh, fucking hell. Get on with it, please. Think UFC if someone gets their dick clipped. Yeah, they give him the five minute rest. Oh, I guess. Oh, fucking hell. And also, (laughs) can you imagine if you're in front of 8,000 strong yeah. Maybe 6,000 strong at this stage. And someone whacks you in the dick and it might have been unplanned. You're like, got, got got away. And also, the rest holds have been frenetic. <laughs> so they need a break. <laughs> Were you not begging Barry Windham to turn heel here? I was begging for the match to end. <laughs> I think Barry Windham's a really good wrestler, right? Yeah. But he's, he's a much better heel than he is a good guy. I think in Southern States especially, you could get him over as a top face, maybe. He could have been a World Heavyweight Champion at some point. What do you think? Because obviously the Wyndhams and the Rotundas are obviously quite well linked together. Sure. What do you think Barry Wyndham's view is of The Fiend? He probably loves it. He's getting his kid over. His kid, his nephew, his nephew is yeah. whatever, whichever one he is. I think he likes it. What do you think he thinks of Bo Dallas's gimmick? Less so. <laughs> that kid who loves catering. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. They should do two Fiends. The mirror gimmick. I still think that this Both rumble would be the amazing time to have jumper Bray Wyatt, Jim Bray Wyatt, and then no fiend. Fucking a. Have him so coming out good. doing the muscle man dance. Yeah. I mean, what's he doing at the moment? Are you watching WWE? Uh, he's fighting Dragon. Oh, okay. Defending against Dragon for the belt. Well, Dragon gets anyone over, so that should be all right. Yep. Setting up for. Isn't the rumble this weekend? Yes. Fucking hell. I've completely missed everything. I love so the WWE. Oh, really? <laughs> they did, really they didn't on? even do on Raw like the usual go home, everyone beats the shit out of each other. Oh, Although God. I suppose now they're on Fox, they'll save that for Friday night. Oh, uh, yeah, probably. Oh, and it's Worlds Collide this weekend as well. Can't wait for that. NXT versus NXT UK. Oh. Get to see more of my favourite wrestler in a tag team with Mark Andrews. <laughs> Shout out to Mark Andrews. He's a great wrestler. Uh, oh hang on this is why I don't get booked for certain promotions because apparently I bury people <laughs> stop killing me so uh, Wyndham goes for a crossbody Dr. Death ducks still settling his knob because <laughs> from the cock blow earlier uh, Wyndham takes an awesome bump to the outside holy shit it looks fucking yeah. great this like 7 foot tall dude flying over the top rope and bumping on the outside beautifully done for 87 Holy shit, high spot central. This is fucking killer. <laughs> I love that. Like, like, two <laughs> two dives. High spot central in 87. Dude, Tina, dude these are, like, he's Undertaker big. He's yeah. massive, his Wyndham. I'm, I'm so impressed with his performance in here, considering all the bullshit he's dealing with in this match. You can tell he doesn't want to work, Williams. Fucking A. He doesn't give a shit about this, but he's going to get himself over. He's not going to get Williams over. May I point out the Tex Williams name, the, the Williams part was certainly not an ode to Dr. Death. What's up, Doc? How you doing, mate? So, Wyndham then gets back in the ring and Dr. Death immediately cradles him, unlike Wyndham did earlier, does not give him any time to recover for the one, two, three, and you're like, oh, that's the end of the fucking match. Jesus Christ. But clean pinfall. Uh, yeah, Steve, Steve Williams wins. Clean. How is this clean? He rolled him up. Mm, yeah, I guess. And as you said, again, guy got punched in the dick, needs some time. Other guy jumped over the top rope. No one likes these flippy diving idiots. 
I like, I like Barry Wyndham was killing the business <laughs> in '87. I like the attempt to tell a story. Yeah, you there, know? there was. Elements... I wish there was more of this nowadays. Yeah, there there was there was some degree of structure, but yeah. again, as you said, they were up against it because they had Steve Williams in there, who was never been the greatest worker. Face versus face for a belt, no one cares about. There you go. Summed it up. So, more WWE dub- music dubbing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the fans are also um, chanting boring and stuff, but yes, it's the midnight. Here we fucking go. This is why we're here, ladies and gentlemen. For this is why we're here. Skywalker Scaffold Tag Team Match, the Night of the Skywalkers Part 2, I'm assuming. Yeah. Because Cornette took the bump on the first one, didn't he? Yep. So, I think this is the second Skywalker Scaffold Match. And if you've never seen one of these, hop on YouTube, put in Scaffold, Skywalker, NWA, you'll find it. Holy fucking shit. I mean, why have they not done this match recently? Death. That's why. <laughs> no, he was in the last match. <laughs> describe describe what you see when you look at the ring for one of these matches. If you are looking from the hard cam, on the left-hand side of the ring and the right-hand side of the ring, there are two scaffold towers. These two scaffold towers are linked across the top of the ring. I would say, how high up would you say this was? At least... 20 30 foot like yeah. we're a long way up here if the ring is how how much the floor to the canvas um about three four foot mm, okay so if that's that's three four easily we're up to 25 i'd say yeah i'd say i'd say about 20 25 500 feet in the arena <laughs> oh, of course sorry this is wrestling nine million yeah sure, sure. but then there's a, a literal bridge between these two scaffold towers that it's like you know when you have um uh, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, I think it takes a car from the road up into a trailer. You have those two rails that come down. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that, but with a bit of like tin foil on top yeah. <laughs> that holds them together. To keep the heat in. <laughs> Holy shit. It was really high up. And for 87 to have such a New Jack style match. Yeah. New Jack. I mean, we've seen scaffold things in ECW, which was certainly of a completely different class to this yeah that was well i guess there was uh, only one proper scaffold match in ecw which, which is and they dropped tommy him dreamer down through the, sta- through the tables yeah the tommy dreamer um not the wall but what would he be called oh uh, 911 yeah there you go um but then you remember like you know the new jack and vic vic yeah vic jack victory vic grimes one of those vic grimes vic grimes coming off the balcony when Julius <laughs> like nope we're going and just pulls him <laughs> off and fucking cracks down on the concrete but that's just off the arena sort of thing that's more like you know you needed a murder clown for that situation go him in yes <laughs> oh, oh we forgot we completely have to do it at the end let's do it at the end okay so we'll give the poll for our hall of fame away at the end okay so listen to the pod It'll just skip to the end. Whatever. Just <laughs> skip to the end. Just skip to the end. Okay. So um, I got distracted because I started, started thinking about murder clown suddenly. It's difficult when you think about murder clown. It's so awesome. I started looking about the murder clown history. <laughs> oh really? And so their their how their faction formed. In... We'll talk about it at the end. We'll do a murder clown dedication at the end. I can't <laughs> wait till we do our murder clown episode. <laughs> just one episode. Something to wrestle with style. <coughs> I'll get Conan right. on. <laughs> So basically, there's this huge scaffold that goes up and over the ring. And the idea is the two teams have to start on top of the scaffolding. And the first team to be to chuck their opponents off of the scaffolding wins. So both team members have to fall off the scaffold. I wonder... I didn't hear any of it on commentary. Because Joe, I used to be a real victim of this when it came to gimmick matches. Okay. Talking about how you would train for a match like this. Um, I didn't notice a great deal of that. No. You put them over hard, but not That's because that you've got like two that. great tag teams. Sure. But in my mind, I'd sit there and think to myself, what the hell am I going to do with this match? 
Um, well, that's right. We'll get not Co- to die. We'll get Cornet and Big Bubba to come out. Yeah, I mean, have you seen the first one? No, it's the LOD and the Midnight's. Okay, okay, and basically, this you you don't know the Jim Cornette spot. I've seen the bump. Oh, you have seen the bump. Okay, good stuff. Right, so that's that match. So I might have them in the wrong order, but I'm pretty sure the very first one is the Midnight's against the LOD. They go up. The Midnight's do the whole swing off the bottom. They take the bump. Jim Cornette somehow gets chased up onto the scaffolding. Does the same thing. Bob is meant to catch him, and it's like you know, it's that classic quote of. Dusty saying, "Oh, we're gonna catch you like the the cheerleaders at the football game, <laughs> you know." <laughs> but like uh, Jim thinks there's a better way to do it. They're gonna catch and fall to the side, like drop and roll, drop and roll. And I'm like, "That's fire, motherfucker! Not falling from a <laughs> scaffold doesn't work." But the um, no, Jim broke both his knees. I think yeah. it was, and like was in severe pain. Oh, it was and awful, horrific bump. So again, I think the idea is basically to not kill yourself, but make it look awesome. And um, uh, like you know when um, TNA had the Ultimate X thing. Oh God! With the scaffolding, yeah. I was terrified watching that because one foot wrong, one slip, one bit of sweat on your shoe or something, and you're fucked. I'll always remember yeah. that Ultimate X match where one time AJ got drop kicked and he looked like he just constant folded up and just dropped to manage to f- unravel at the end. Yeah, Ugh. very close to breaking your neck in half. You know what I mean? Um, there's elements of that with this match. Yeah. But it's, it's, we should probably say who's in it. It's the Midnight Express of Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane with Big Bubba Rogers, the big boss man, and James E. Cornette, or Jim Cornette. I with think with hair and a tennis racket. Indeed, and a sparkly Beautiful jacket. Very oh. nice. Versus the Rock and Roll Express, one of our favorite tag teams of all time, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. Ricky Morton, who did battle for the NWA, 10 pounds of gold on last night's episode of NWA Power. Dude, I bet it was fucking great. I haven't watched it yet, okay. but I'm pretty certain Ricky Morton did not go over. <laughs> well, mate, imagine if he did. I'd be so... I'd start watching if he went over. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, before we get too far into this, use of the word Skywalker. Mm. George Lucas had <laughs> something to say about this? Well, it's artistic license. They are mate, walking in the sky. He is a Skywalker. If you're in an aeroplane, it's a wing walker. You wouldn't be sitting there going, oh, that's Mr. Hawkwing. <laughs> Star Wars has to be an out by this point, right? No idea. I'm not a Star Wars fan. Mm. I don't know. 80s? It must have been 80s. I mean, the film's not crap, so yeah, 80s. <laughs> it's not Crawley Intentions, is it? <laughs> I know it's an audio podcast, but I almost can bring myself to talk there. <laughs> I don't love Star Wars, but I like it. You know, it's, it's what are you trying to say about Crawley Intentions? <sighs> Mate. What's um, what's the girl in that? Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. Mm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Wait, is it Sarah Michelle Gellar? What's the other one? The blonde one. Sarah Michelle Gellar is the blonde one. What's the dark head one then? Not Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> you would both of them anyway. <laughs> quick, quick side note, because yeah. obviously I know our <laughs> everyone loves it when we digress and not talk about wrestling. That's ah, fine. This podcast is just uh, yeah, it's out there today. Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah. spawned the favourite thing ever when I was having my first ever full-time job slash part-time job at Pizza Hut. I worked opposite a what? Blockbuster video. Okay. And in the Blockbuster video that we would sometimes entertain ourselves by looking at the adult video section. Nice. We used to do this at university, so go on. Well, then it's the Misty Mundane classic, Muffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> and Misty nice. Mundane seemed to star in a lot of movie parodies, including, so, Muffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Uh, my favourite one... Um, Oh, erotic Womb Raider. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, that's terrible. <laughs> but then you thought, Womb Raider from Tomb Raider. Okay, that's not great. But then clearly creativity went to WWE and they got new creative writers, right. sent to WWE, yeah. when we had uh, the wonderfully titled 
Women in Black, Lesbians Undercover. <laughs> oh, amazing. Starring cool. Misty Mundane. We used to just walk around Blockbuster endlessly be like, ah. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good times. So um, this match, this Night of the Skywalks, between the Rock and Roll and the Midnight, is why I chose this pay-per-view. Um, I chose it because I was looking for a classic, this is how you do tag team wrestling match. And then found this. <laughs> That's not what we got, but, <laughs> yeah. but the card for this show looked too good not to have a look at because the whole thing from top to bottom was going to be interesting. Yeah, least. definitely. So uh, the Midnights have amazing matching vest things, uh, sparkly black and yellow, gorgeous things. Cornette has a kind of matching suit to go with it, but it's red and black. Like, oh, they look so good. The effort they put into their gimmick. Considering what we see from this match fourth of the lack of innovation with the ring attire, yeah. this this was the pinnacle for me. Sting started it off. Now we're at the best bit. We're technically <laughs> at the main event. Yeah. Uh, rock and roll are just the best. But who has the best mullet in this match? Well. <laughs> the important questions. I mean, that is... And Ricky Morton is always the one with the classic mullet. But yeah, the kind of grey top, fizzy up top, yeah. along with the back. Gibson is more kind of bobbed, like uh, the top, and then kind of frilly down the back. Yeah, you know, I would say Bobby Eaton might have the worst mullet ever in existence. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those. It's kind of like shit and droopy bowl cut <laughs> at the front, and then very short but long at the back still, like. Ah, uh, that is terrible. That is a lifestyle choice. But like, you know, Stan Lane's the only one who was just like, I'm not having this shit on my head. <laughs> <laughs> or it went wrong during perming season. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so, cut it off. Well, the level of mullets in this match. Holy shit. Gorgeous. Potentially dangerous if they got wrapped around some of that Skywalker. Yeah, fucking A. I wouldn't want anything getting in the way of that. That's terrifying being up there. So uh, baby, baby Earl Reffing. He's again. I know we're talking how long ago it was, but he's a little baby face assassin, isn't he? Yeah, man, he's great every single step of this. Do you notice how the referees didn't seem to have consistent uh, ref gear? Ah, I think one is NWA, which is not L. Who's yeah. the other guy? Well, no, oh, uh, I cannot remember. Yeah, the classic NWA ref who everyone will know as soon as we say the name, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Nick Patrick. <laughs> no, not <him. laughs> no, Jesus Christ. But Baby Earl, I think, is the UWF guy. Okay. Hence why he has the stripes, and the other guy has the typical NWA kind of yeah. like beige with the blue collar the polo. Kind of thing. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, this is non-title. I'm like, uh, what? So the Midnights are the US tag team champions, but we're not putting them on the lines here. So you know exactly who's winning the yeah. second they announced this at the beginning. Because if they were going to put them, if they were going to have the Midnight's win, they just put the belts on the line. Yeah. Because they'd retain them. But, uh, Got to be careful of these uh, politics and booking committees. Got to make your champions look strong. This threw me immediately. I was like, oh. Jim Cornette goes on and on and on about how we make these stupid decisions on modern day wrestling and how great it was back in the day. This shit. Yeah, but you say the the decisions back in the day, the fans were really into this. Oh, yeah. Like, I enjoyed the match and the gimmicks and everything else, but just that little announcement being like, you did not need to do that. And also, I can't imagine in the late 80s there were that many smart wrestling fans who understood the logic of booking. Maybe. Because back in the day, again, granted, I'm viewing it from a very, very young brain and sort of perception of professional wrestling. Okay. But you're going there to watch a contest. So... I, mean, I don't think it matters. You're going to see someone fall off a scaffold. <laughs> you know? It's... it's Jerry, yeah. Sure. 
So as the camera focused on the Midnight's climbing, um, there's uh, someone's taking a bump in the ring. We don't get to see it, unfortunately. We just cut to Cornette on his back. Barbara is beating down Ricky Morton in the ring. So Bob, a boss man, slammed to Ricky in the ring. He looks so, again, I can't believe how young he is into his career as well. Yeah. Dressed sure. up as Mr. Hughes. Yeah, doing his kind of like 90s hip-hop gimmick yep. thing with the specs <laughs> and the little hat and everything. Sorry. Um, so Robert is stuck up top on the scaffold with both the Midnights. You're like, oh, storytelling straight off the bat. I really enjoy it. So Bubba climbs up. Ricky smacks Boss Man with Cornette's racket. All four men finally get up top to the scaffold. Robert has already bladed like two (laughs) minutes in. You're like, ah, the NWA is alive and well. (laughs) How else are we going to get heat? Exactly. Got to be, well, uh, but wrong color hair. We're not in the dusty slash flare hair. Yeah. With blading. There's lots of people with white blonde mullets. There's lots of people with black trunks, black boots, black knee pads. Yeah. There's a very... There's four, five matches where every single person has either white, red, or black. Trunks, gear, hair, whatever. It's all white, red, or black. Everything. I wish they had red hair. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they do after they blade. Well, yeah, sure. So uh, Bobby throws his Coke supplier over the rock and roll (laughs) to their gratitude. (laughs) The powder, in case you didn't get what I'm going on about. Um, I genuinely don't like heights. This kind of like torture for me watching this match. Because I, I start to experience what they're going oh, really? through. And I'm like, every time. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. It's fun. It's like adrenaline kicks in, you know? I'd assume so. If it's adrenaline kicking that high up on a scaffold tower with no supports. Yeah, just watching it. Yeah, I'm like... RGT for law would be hanging around there going, oh, when there's blame, there's a claim here. Oh, (laughs) I got you there. I wasn't going to write a Clarence Mason wrestling lawyer joke. I got very lost in the initials. I was like, why do you want (laughs) that? So Stan Lane takes the scaffold bump, but the cameras completely fucking miss it. My Lord, you missed one of your competitors falling off the scaffold. Or was that WWE style where something bad happened so they had to pan away and miss it? No, definitely not. Because he bumps pretty okay you catch like the end of the bump mm. but they don't really show him falling so they do the typical thing where they're not gonna like you know take a fucking irish whip off the side of the scaffold or whatever it's not computer game style irish whip to throw him off the no. cell <laughs> terrifying <laughs> him and ricky morton kind of like fight their way down on the scaffold tower so uh stanley's hanging off the bottom of the, the lowest possible point he like, could be and ricky's kind of like a fake kicking and be like whenever you're ready mate just take the bump don't worry it's gonna be fine you know you can hear him talking him down almost we're not winning your belts yeah sure <laughs> sure but uh, it's still terrifying yeah it's, you're falling 20 foot at least you know well when you're ha- when you're hanging down you're only dropping like 14 foot <laughs> only <laughs> I still wouldn't want to jump five foot, to be totally honest. But <laughs> no, so, did uh, Steve Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's it's fun to prey on a friend who's <laughs> under the weather. Oh, it's fine. I'll get over this cold eventually. Is it the so, new uh, Chinese SARS? <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. I hear it's trendy. So, <laughs> so Bobby intakes the bump too. After Gibson hangs off the scaffold and kicks b- beautiful Bobby. He does this kind of like scissory thing as he's hanging off the scaffold. And I'm like, Robert, what are you doing? You're going to kill yourself. It's like gladiators hang tough but without the crash mats beneath oh, it, wasn't it? it How terrifying. Looked, oh, where he hooked his legs oh. around him. He's not holding on to anything. He's just got his arms laying on the scaffold doing the scissor thing. Yeah. Like, oh, that's a brave man. So anyway, big Bobber starts to climb up the scaffold. And I'm like... What 
is happening because Cornette took the bump last time. So he's certainly not going to take it again. And I'm like, Cornette's definitely not going up there. Like, never. If you ever hear Cornette talk about that bump, like, it sounds like the most <laughs> scarring yeah. moment of his oh, existence. Would it, it would be. Good grief. Of course. I started to wonder where the boss man was going to take the bump. Because he's a big, tough boy, and he's got a fair few injuries later in life. Yeah. You know, so when, uh, but Ricky Morton faces off with Big Bubba on top of the scaffold. The size difference is imparable. Boss Man's huge. <laughs> really? So big. And that's why you could tell he was like the beast healed to go after Hogan when he came into WWF. Sure. Yeah, it makes perfect sense when you see him like this. Until he takes a Well, there is that. Yeah. So uh, Morton plays the look over there. It's Andre. <laughs> <laughs> Much love, our boy Tracy. He's not doing too great at the moment. So no. You know. He's got a GoFundMe. Go cool. and give some money to Tracy's mothers. Fucking A, man. What a legend. Absolute legend. Uh, we're referencing a clip that we I shared with you that was uh, from the WrestleMania weekend WrestleMania last weekend. Year, where he's wrestling Sue Young. Yep. And to distract her, he points over to the crowd like a year ago. He goes, oh shit, look, it's Andre. And then attacks her from behind. <laughs> he's the best. I still think uh, with AEW, they should have just given him a mic every week and been like, off you go. Yeah, but they gave the job to Virgil instead. No, I know. It's such a shame. Tracy's just the best. Anyway, so Morton plays the look over there at Andre game, then slaps Big Bubba in the nuts and runs away down the (laughs) scaffold. Laugh my fucking ass off. That was brilliant. The winners are the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, A lot of fun. Happy neither Cornette or Bubba took a bump off the cage, to be honest, because I don't want to see them kill themselves. I mean... From a wrestling standpoint, certainly not the best um, no. Midnight versus Rock and Roll Express. Not at all. But I enjoyed this. So much enjoyment. I loved it. Again. Super silly gimmick. Use like, of the uh, the tennis racket. Yeah. Lots of tennis racket bumping around at the beginning. The whole thing with Cornette and Bubba and Morton at the beginning as well. Like So you get left with the Midnights and Ricky up top. Like, as you always see now with like film Robert, adverts. Sorry. Moderate peril. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> Uh, great storytelling. Really, yeah, really, really good. Really As you said, it was a bit of a giveaway with the belt announcement just before the match. Sure. But the fans ate this up. Yeah. They loved this. The moment they're up there, it doesn't feel like the Midnight's are going to win yeah. any time. The Rock and Roll are kind of in charge throughout the whole match. But I don't think they're worrying about sheet, heat and shine and stuff at this point. They're just like, don't die. Yeah, let's get someone off this scaffold and make sure they're okay by the end of it. Like, let's go and get our payday before the promoter leaves. Have you heard Cornette or anyone talk about these uh, no. matches? But apparently Dusty would book them and be like, oh, so next month <laughs> <laughs> this is what you're doing. And they'd be like, wait, what? And then sometimes they turn up and the scaffold would be 20 foot higher. <laughs> they're like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> so like, you know, Dusty would show them the scaffold and be like, so this is what you're going to do and they plan out the whole match. They turn up the scaffold would be 20 foot higher. <laughs> It's like, oh, Dusty's the man. <laughs> Can't wait till Brit Rest does a scaffold match. It's going to be amazing. So, JR and Shivoni fill as the scaffolding is taken down behind them. Uh, we cut backstage to Bob Cotel? Cotel? Couldn't understand. Bob Cotel. One of those. Uh, backstage with the Freebirds. Uh, Garvin is doing all the talking when Hayes is standing right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, the, why? Why is he talking? Because he's got to make sure that Precious is proud of him because he's the pretty boy. Sure, sure. He's but the face of the team. The Freebirds, or Jimmy in this case. Uh, is it Jimmy? I always forget which one's which. Jimmy. It's Jimmy Garvin, yeah. isn't it? Uh, want the tag straps down the line. Uh, uh, genuinely, it is amazing how much Jimmy Garvin can talk and say absolutely nothing. <laughs> 
for five minutes, but still sound like a great professional wrestler. This is quite oh, yeah. impressive. Yeah, That's... really good promo. He didn't say anything. It was clearly a case of, we're live, Jimmy. Give him a mic. <laughs> Don't let Michael speak. He's off his tits. We've got to get this scaffold down. Someone fill grab jimmy garvin make him talk for five minutes and you can see him going are we done oh fuck you've got to keep talking keep talking keep talking you know? and uh, you said earlier again about uh, missy hyatt's triplicate of um phrases and i was there with precious and i was there with precious and i was there with precious yeah. oh hang on were you there with precious yeah. <laughs> the most amazing part about it is that hayes goes like yeah and then we and then garvin just takes over again <laughs> yeah. and keeps talking and keeps talking he doesn't take a breath for five minutes it's, it's, this is how you feel. This is amazing. But he did put over in the promo the, the main event with um, his brother and Ric Flair. Yeah. And again, he said, oh, well, I may be biased. I'm going for my buddy. Sure. He's going to retain. It's, it's obviously all off the top, but yeah. he never loses a spot the whole time. No. He only goes uh, for like one second in this five minutes he's talking. That's, that's a skill and a half. He was very, very good. I may think he's a bit shit, but this is, this is great. He would have been an excellent commentator slash manager. I yeah, absolutely. I think it would have been much better in that role than a wrestler. Yeah. Maybe a bit brutal, but I think it's Ma- true. If he'd managed his brother, his brother could have had maybe, I don't know, some pomp and allure. Rubbish Ronnie Garvin, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dog to death Steve Williams is also in cutting a shitty, shouty, I'm like a football team sort of promo. I don't know what Hansen! he was <laughs> <laughs> JR and Shivoni do even more filling. This has been a very, very long break in the action. Uh, it killed the momentum of the show a little bit after that scaffold match. It's a really good thing later in this card they didn't need to put up a steel cage. Yeah. Mm. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, next up is our NWA World Television Title slash UWF, Univ- oh, UWF Television Title Unification Match. God, that's a lot of T's and U's and stuff. Because one of them has TV and one of them doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> of Terry Taylor. <laughs> good old Red Rooster. Were you impressed by the, the bird impression? <laughs> I knew it was coming. It's that Terry Schiavone, he hates him, so he does it yep. every single time. Ah, oh, still great. With Eddie Gilbert, who the current, who's the current champion. Wait, which one's he? Terry Taylor's the UWF yes. champion. Boo. Television, nah, television champion, yeah. I think you'll find it's called the Terry Vision. <laughs> Fucking no, it isn't. Nita <laughs> uh, Koloff is the NWA television champion. So... Granted, Koloff is no Eddie Guerrero, but Terry Taylor is utter shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you wonder, because c- there's always the stories that go around in the older box of gimmicks, etc. Yeah. That Terry Taylor was going to have the Mr. Perfect gimmick when he signed. <laughs> Can you I, imagine I shit him you not. Terry Taylor? Fucking hell's Mr. Perfect. Terry Taylor would just throw the, oh. the towel behind his back and just drop it. His cell, his punches... He's just a wussy generic heel. And he's shit at it. Who would win the fight? Red Rooster or Gobbledygooker? <sighs> Anyone but the Red Rooster. Fuck. It, it looks... Nothing is convincing. We've watched Terry Taylor matches in the past and I've been like, I think there's potential there. He seems quite special. It must have been a one-off. Must have been complete luck because this was fucking shit. This match... I mean, I wasn't... Obviously, as we explained, a fan of the Steve Williams and um, Barry Windham match. That was enjoyable compared to this bollocks. But Barry Windham did stuff. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. I know we said about rest holds, but this match was 13 minutes of nothing. Yeah. How they managed to keep the crowd interested towards the end. 
they didn't. They they did. You've got to give them props. The actual finish had a big pop on it. But that's because everyone was happy it was over. <laughs> Terry Taylor's fucking off, basically. Yeah. Oh, good. All right. So the match is really, really weird. Koloff is dominating, but doing almost nothing. Just holding Taylor on. Like, literally. I'm not exaggerating. He just holds him a bit. There's a bear hug. There's kind of like a half a chin lock. I, like an arm lock, but nothing looking like... You know how I went like, oh, I'm never going to bitch about a rest hold ever again to Mr. Wicked. And he's like, if, you, if you're calling it a rest hold, you're not doing it properly. These cunts are not doing it properly because <laughs> they look like they're rest holding. I liken this to a very slow schoolyard fight. Yeah, fucking A. You might as well have double headlocks, one on each other, and just try and push each other to the ground. That's what this match reminded me of. They think they have, slower. They think they have to be in the fight to look hard, but yeah. they don't want to fight each other. Yeah. <laughs> that, and that was it. Perfect. So Terry Taylor is the cowardly heel getting beat up, while we tease Eddie Gilbert on the outside getting involved on commentary, but he doesn't fucking really get involved. But he's not going to get paid twice. Terry Taylor, in an arm lock, goes, No, no, no! My arm! No! I had him! I had him! Just chatting away. Then selling a little bit. Yeah. Then just kind of sitting still. Then chatting a little bit. Then selling. Then does some panting. I'm like, fuck off with your shit selling. What are you doing? Hey, if he's panting, that holds on properly. Fucking hell, man. He f- he's like, he remembers, oh, I've got a sell. Uh-huh. What do I do? Oh, yeah, I've got a sell. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a camera. Hello. No, no, no. Referee. I had him. <laughs> like, what is he doing? Terry Taylor evidently forgotten that Keith Koloff can converse with him in English. He's probably sitting <laughs> going, how the fuck do I get the idea that I just want to do a go behind? I never thought Terry Taylor was this bad. This is... <laughs> I can't get over how bad it was. I was watching this going, why did I pick this bollocks? Makes the Red Rooster look like a main event talent. Yeah, that was entertaining at least. You can see why they put that gimmick on him. Well... We could laugh at it. You say entertaining. <laughs> but that was like so bad it was funny. This was just shit. I think this is the worst non-wrestling wrestling match we've covered on this podcast. <laughs> they even do a, this is where the technical wrestling bit goes in the match. I'm like, I hate when people do this. So it's all singular arm locks, single thing. And they're like, oh, oh, oh. And we're back to the hold. Like, oh, okay. He almost, he almost escaped. <sighs> uh, but it's like, you know, the basic, you know, hammer lock to transition into armbar into push against the ropes back into the headlock whatever like the traditional shit you yeah. know i'm sure there's a name for the sequence i'm not a trained wrestler i don't fucking know but they do that as like the high spot in the middle they're like i, I want to kill myself <laughs> i can't handle this match anymore it's so we've so got the crowd going <laughs> yeah so uh Shironi tells us eddie gilbert hit koloff in the knee with a chair i'm not sure how though is the cameras didn't show it uh, figure four by Taylor with Gilbert helping apply more pressure from the outside. Boo! Uh, Baby Earl catches the heels and forces Taylor to break the hold. Taylor accidentally knocks Gilbert off the apron. Running Soviet hammer clothesline thing out of nowhere by Koloff. Is that what it's called? Yep. The hammer sickle clothesline something? Uh, he called it hammer sickle. Is that it? Yeah. The JR shouts, yes! As he goes, one, two, three. <laughs> one clothesline. The high spot. Uh, winner is Nikita Koloff unifying the two straps. Uh, Koloff only did two or three things in the entire match. Genuinely impressive how little he did. I know we've mentioned this in previous pods, but I think this is called working smart. Yeah. There's working smart and then there's we don't understand how to be entertaining. It's double champion though. Yeah. It gets a big pop. Yeah, because as you said, everyone's happy the match is over. It does feel like that. It feels like Chicago are going, ha, 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 you lost Terry Taylor. 
fuck off. Yeah, this was about it. There's literally nothing else to say about this. It was it was dull. Yeah, very really very dull. Um, Terry Taylor, Red Trunks. So that made a change, indeed. NWA World Tag Team Title matchup next to the Four Horsemen oh, of Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard with JJ Dillon, the best combination ever in the Four Horsemen, who are the current champions, versus the motherfucking Road Warriors, a Road Warrior animal and Road Warrior hawk with Paul Ellering in leather pants. Sign me up, Daddy. <laughs> this is my sort of fucking match. I messaged you this morning with just a little like SpongeBob thumbs up gimmick <laughs> for this one match. From the shittest match I maybe have ever seen to one of the best matches I've ever seen. I wonder if before this match, sort of the Road Warriors and the Four Horsemen went, guys, can you just dine it down a bit? We're really worried we won't be able to follow this. <laughs> Don't do anything. Do yeah. the whole match. <laughs> Make know? it good for us. Maybe this is after intermission as well. Uh, maybe Come so. Come back man. hot. This match. Can you imagine if it was intermission? They sent him into intermission with <laughs> Terry Flipping <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> Go buy the gimmicks, boys. <laughs> At least the popcorn stands are going to do well, you know? Anyway. So... Yeah, but what are they going to buy in the intermission where they went to buy popcorn during the match? <laughs> so Tully has a flare esque robe. Uh, a lot of people have flare esque robes, but Tully's in the horseman, so this is okay. Yeah. Right? Road Warrior in their full spikes by this point. Black so, spikes, not the red in WWE. So cool. Oh, they look awesome. They hadn't perfected their face paint. No, no, definitely not. But they're getting there. These ro- animals still got the uh, the spider, spider web up top and the eye makeup. Hawk is pretty much there. Yeah. But, like, you know, they're still developing. This is 87. The Road Warriors are only a year or two in, aren't they? But, again, Road Warriors do not sell. And they, and But they have four horsemen, Arn and Tully, made them. So, we've watched old school and WA stuff in the past, right? The Road Warriors beat the fuck out of people. So do the horsemen. Seeing them work together like this and actually we working properly, like th- wrestling working yeah. together. Fuck me, these boys are good. This really, was really good. Delightful. So, Road Warrior and Full Spikes, so cool. Shame about the dumb WWE music dumbing. Would have loved to have been Iron Man, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, Road Warrior announced being from Chicago, Illinois. The crowd fucking goes mental straight away. Woo-hoo! Aren't they Minnesota boys? <laughs> Don't let the truth get away of a good story. <laughs> They're also built at 370. <laughs> this is the yeah. <laughs> so this is the wide the moment where I saw the wide shot on the hard cam. This is the first time they go back to this shot and you see how packed out it is. Suddenly, and how hyped they are yeah. for their hometown boys. Fucking <laughs> from Minnesota. <laughs> it's close at least. It's not yeah. too far. So I mean, I mean, as close as England is to like you know, Bel- um, like, I don't know where's Central Europe. Poland. Poland? Yeah, I was about to say it's about as close as that, but whatever. So right from the off, tonight we are wrestling a horseman match, not a Road Warriors squash here. This is very you know, the Road Warriors look strong, but the horsemen are dictating. Yeah. This is Arn going A to B to C to D. This is how we're gonna do it, boys. It feels like that at least to me. Yeah, this is this is Arn and Tully leading the way. Yeah, absolutely. So Tully rolls to the outside. Animal press slams him back in the ring. <laughs> I'm like, son <laughs> yeah. of a bitch. Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm skipping over a lot. but I, uh, I love the press slamming parts of this. <laughs> I think so. Animal got um, Arn up, didn't he? And then Hawk got Tully up afterwards. Oh, yeah. Yes, please. So good. But <laughs> They're selling of the horsemen as well. Like, it's the worst thing they've ever experienced in their life as they're wrestling this match. I wonder if Animal was ribbing Arn Anderson. Because when he went to to like gorilla press him yeah. he put his hand right up his bum hole <laughs> oh, <did he? laughs> right through the trunks i imagine there was a lot of that going on at this time <laughs> period especially in this like 87 in the nwa 
I wouldn't want to be around. Let's backstage. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Jesus. Can you what? imagine? Well, uh, what, as in ribbing or people put ah <laughs> the drug abuse at least you know, I was thinking he was suggesting they always loved having a finger up their bum hole mate the story's about Steiner and the road warriors and stuff mm. who knows so Tully rolls to the outside Animal Press times him back in the ring double uh, A tags in and he has to face Animal when he's like oh shit <laughs> he tags in sees Animal standing in front of him it's like he's contemplating his existence for a moment I always like it when Arn Anderson gets worried because it looks like my dad but a lot less you know miserable <laughs> <laughs> like he puts his hand up to his forehead like oh fuck not this guy again or he thought so brilliant oh my god we're gonna have to transition for the uh for the cage being built after this how are we gonna feel <laughs> how are we gonna feel but it's that classic like what have i done what have i done so uh really really great uh road warriors signaling for the end already a couple of minutes into the match horseman putting over the power of the road warriors strong very strong selling like beasts for them horsemen do every double team every escape every trick in the book but the road warriors is too big too strong until uh, he, uh is it hawk has yeah. tully up in the breast slam arn anson comes in shoulder blocks hawk knee from behind chalk block yes please great storytelling here comes your horseman heat you know yes and the horsemen finally get the advantage about four or five minutes into the match so the, the shine for the road warriors is five minutes <laughs> you're like god that's great storytelling so um uh, they walk, the horsemen walk, work over Hawk's knee, as you might expect, but constantly give him hope spots, building the crowd into a frenzy. By the time Hawk inadvertently low blows on Anderson, so the, Hawk, the, the road, war, blah, blah, so the horsemen have got stuff to bitch about in promos later down the line. Hot tag to animal, fire. Explosion. Fucking fire. Unbelievable heat. Horsemen try to cheat, even bumping the ref to the outside. We get shenanigans which we'll talk about in a second beautiful doomsday spot where they actually lie down they they're so safe not the one with the jobbers where animal would just stand up and hawk does the clothesline they're like ah yeah (laughs) he literally falls back with on doing electric chair style yeah really is it on or is it tully up there i can't remember i think it was on but whatever it's so so safe and new nwa world's heavyweight champions the road warriors road warrior animal and road warrior hawk it's brilliant but oh wait, here's the dusty finish. So we've got two refs arguing over the finish. One came in after the other one was bumped. All that yep. sort of shit. And basically in the shenanigans that led to the doomsday, Animal back body dropped Arn Anderson over the top rope. <gasps> oh no, in the NWA, that's a disqualification. I hate this rule so much. They abuse it endlessly. But this is what was needed for this match so they could go again. Sure. Yeah. Continuing LOD in the horseman. Yeah, all right. I'm fine with this. Take my money. Yeah, absolutely. You can see why. Yeah. This you don't want to end this as a, just a one-off shot, do yeah. you? You think about it. You've got the Midnights and the Rock and Roll. You've got LOD and the horseman. Road Warriors and the horseman. You've got Dusty, Flair, Lex Luger. Like, you've got... Eddie Gilbert. <laughs> Terry Taylor. <laughs> some great and some utter shit. It's like very little in between. But think of that tag division, how mm. good all, all those four up. were. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. It's just like That's Sting. <laughs> Sting's really good. But yeah, that that tag team division is really the Garvins great. <laughs> are there. I would have preferred them as a tag, to be honest. But well, whatever. When one's a main event player, Ugh. and the other one's rubbish, Ronnie Garvin, good old Jimmy Garvin. <laughs> <laughs> So, post-match announcement, the Road Warriors are disqualified. The Horsemen are still Ooh, the champs. 
Oh, they heat. hated it. This this almost killed the atmosphere in this arena, I felt. You didn't think this was the right thing to set up a future match? Uh, Do you think it killed the event? I think for big WrestleMania level shows, which is this is meant to be, uh, I think you give people clean finishes. I think it's that simple. I, I think they've... But if you kill off all of your storylines, you haven't got anything for the next show. So you've got to keep something on the table. But you had the accidental low blow to Arn. Yeah. Which could be the, the promo to lead to the rematch. I don't think you needed the bullshit finish as well. Yeah, but you can't have one of them going over clean because th- this isn't the world of 50-50 booking. In Sad, pinfalls. isn't it, though? Because the horsemen should be putting over LAD here. They're, they're coming up so big, so strong. Yeah, but not at this stage. They've got to pay their dues back in the 80s. Yeah. They can get fucked out of the belts the next show. Yeah. And have to chase again because that's where the fun is, the LOD chasing. Yeah. This is always the thing. Like, going into your big event, you need your heel as a champion yeah. so the, the baby face can chase. Yeah. Having a face champion at the biggest car of them all, it's like, well. Yeah. Mm. So I felt this was an unanswered match. Yeah. More than anything, because you can see him taking the, the important roles when it needs to be done. Uh, maybe one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen. That's high praise, but yeah. it's two of the very best teams of all time. Because it. it's unique. It's very different to how a generic tag match is laid out. And also seeing how, especially at that time, and how we've come to know the Road Warriors and yeah. the Horsemen having these sorts of matches... With a clean finish, it's it's right up there. Yeah, it doesn't have the clean finish. But that's because it. But you want to see more. Do you want to see the next match? Yeah, kinda. I'm not <laughs> sure I could tolerate watching all the other NWA stuff in between. That's the problem. That's why the good thing with the WWE Network, you can just select the match. Yeah, but do you think that's part of the problem with NWA WCW in this time period? Is that they're they're not giving you the big definitive moments because they're worried that they won't have something to sell the next show to compete with Vince. Partly, um, partly, I think it's because they're still in a. We need to create our own star so people don't go up north. Yeah, because that's when they're having their mass exodus from NWA, and there's a lot of the people on their show went north. Yeah, a lot. But I think the whole idea was that they needed to keep everyone strong if someone were to leave. Yeah, I don't like wrestling when everyone's strong. Someone has to look weak for me. Well, that's why AEW is around because everyone looks weak. So, uh, <laughs> Jack Gregory backstage with Magnum TA. Obviously, post accident Magnum yeah. TA. He's got a walking stick here. Uh, that's a shame. Massive I like shame. Magnum TA. Oh, we need to find some early Magnum TA, I think. Yeah. I was hoping he was going to be right around these sorts of I shows, mean, I will say that if we go, we'll have to leave it while. I know we've got our schedule, but I fear that yeah. any other show around this time will be exactly the same show, less cage matches and scaffold towers. I don't know. They like their gimmicks at this time. Yeah, they certainly like their gimmicks. There's a lot of it. Jim Cornette doesn't know shit, does he? <laughs> There's endless gimmicks on this show. Anyway, so uh, chatting the NWA tag team title match. They're chatting about Dusty and Lex for the US strap, which is up next. And Dusty's career's on the line. Yeah, well, is it? So we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> so Bob Connell is also backstage with maybe the promo of the night, Nikita Koloff. Oh my God. He loves a promo. What is this accent? Because he's obviously not Russian. But trying to do a Russian accent. I want to tell you many <laughs> times. I am combined champion now. He sounds like he's doing a racist Chinese impression. I take Hello, you to... I unified TV champion. <laughs> like, that's how he sounds. I take you to see world famous Salisbury Cathedral. 
so bad. He was a. I've never heard Koloff talk before. This is my first time no, ever no, hearing him talk. That's a lie. We saw him talk at the Crockett Cup. Did we? Without accent. He was just a thin, bald man. Oh, oh the uh, the modern Crockett Cup. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. But like, I've never heard him talk in character, if, it, if as it were. I mean, it makes you really appreciate how good Lana is. <laughs> yeah, sure. What, didn't you have a Russian background, though? Who, Nikita Kolov? No, Lana. Oh, she grew up um, in, in Russia with Russian military family. There you go. Okay, fair enough. Doesn't seem like Kolov did. <laughs> What are you trying to say, you heathen? <laughs> Fucking hell. It's, it's just the worst. He says uh, this line of, I make my heart feel good to be only TV champion. It's like... Why is he what? the sheik? <laughs> no, exactly. Nikita Koloff, make you humble. So Koloff teases about becoming the world heavyweight champion. I'm like, please, no. No, definitely not. Oh my God, that's who the booking committee wanted instead of rubbish Ronnie Garvin. Can you imagine this guy is your world heavyweight champion. Give him all the best. He does two things. He does an arm lock and a punch. Exactly, you know what you're going to get. So JJ Dillon steps in to chat with Bob as well. Chats shit about Dusty. Says he's been his nemesis for the past seven years. JJ calls Lex the perfect athlete. <laughs> like, fuck off. <laughs> That's Kurt Hennings on his way to WWE. So we cut back to Tony Schiavone and JR ringside. Oh, that's why we were filling time with these shitty interviews again backstage. The cage is set up behind them for our two main events of our the double cage well sorry our double main events in a cage in a single cage yeah, yeah. the cage what do you think of the cage I missed the big blue cage but yeah. obviously at the time that was a staple of WWE this cage is a lot safer and a lot easier to blade in it looks astonishingly cheap I think that's the nature of a cage match yeah you know how people in like the WWE documentaries go on about how like WCW was in these shitty smoky halls and everything looked cheap and the production wasn't very good yeah this cage sums that up at this point for me but I think from a wrestler standpoint working this rather than Big Blue yeah because Big Blue apparently hurts like hell sure a stiff like horrible structure to be yeah. thrown into rather than this kind of soft chicken wire yeah but the, the height <laughs> of the cage <laughs> so <laughs> if if yeah, who's the tallest wrestler in one of these matches? Probably Flair. Flair. So Flair's what? Six foot odd. Yeah. Okay. The cage can't be seven foot. No. It's, it's not very tall. No. It's 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 like, you know, when you have a building site and you put up that fencing around it. <laughs> it's like that. It's 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 not very impressive looking. It keeps the minis out. <laughs> yeah. In case they, in case some mini luchas want to start getting involved. So there's a difference between WF and NWA cage matches, isn't there? WF, you can walk through the door. NWA, you can't go through the door. No. But both you can do pinfalls and escape to win the match? Yes. Submissions as well, I'm assuming? Yes. That's the difference, isn't yep. it? Yeah. Why do you think Vince was like, oh, yeah, we'll let them go through the door? Why is that ever a thing? Because that defies the whole point of it being in a cage, surely. Again, it's just a different angle from a, a different anticipation. They're crawling. Can they get out? There's the, yeah. the ability to pull them back in, slam the cage door, manager shenanigans on the outside. Because you never see a good guy going, I just get out of the door. Yeah. No, it's always the good guy going, I've got to climb the cage. Stop the guy from getting out the yeah. door, you know? Yeah. I understand that in terms of gimmick and like working and stuff. I can see how that's an advantage. But in terms of a viewer, like a kid watching this, doesn't it feel more scary knowing that they're locked inside the cage i've never pictured a cage match being scary purely because you can okay. always get out the top 
Sure, but that's like a, I guess my favorite heights is coming back in here. If you trap him Terrifying. in a kennel from hell, then you're <laughs> in trouble. Just get dog poo on your arm. I'd much prefer to have like fall off a cage and get dog poo on me. That sounds lovely. So, um, for the, so the cage is set up for our first of our main events of the evening: the NWA United States Heavyweight Title Match versus Career Steel Cage Match. <laughs> The total package Lex Luger with J.J. Dillon, who's our current champion, versus the American Dream Dustin Rhodes, baby, with Johnny Weaver. Yep. Who's Johnny Weaver? Um, I believe it was Sapphire's butler. <laughs> what? Where'd you get that from? I'm just making a joke that Sapphire had a butler. You remember Sapphire from WWE? Sure. Dusty's manager. The one the yeah, million dollar man tried to buy. Yeah. Why butler? Just to suggest there's different embrace roles. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, funny. it's definitely funny sorry. when you have to explain it. I know. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to know. Well, uh, it's all good. So, um, so let's talk about this stipulation. What is it? Ring announcer tells us that if Dusty loses, he can't wrestle for 90 days. That's not the career. Exactly. It isn't Dusty Rhodes. Mag- Magnum put it over backstage going, man, if you can't wrestle for 90 days, it's like you've lost your career. <laughs> yeah. No, it fucking isn't. That's a long holiday. That's not losing your career. That's not losing your smile either. <laughs> this is the shittest gimmick of all time. Basically, in modern day WWE, that's a case oh. of you can't wrestle for 90 days. Oh, you've had your second wellness policy fail, have you? <laughs> Dusty's eating a few too many burgers. Fuck it, we'll give, <laughs> yeah. him, give him a couple of months off, you know? <laughs> ah, this is so stupid. Anyway, so Lex has a flare robe too. You're not in the horseman. Fuck off. Anyway, so Dusty does not. He is awesome. Uh, Dusty in the ring. I once heard he was a common man. <laughs> Fucking A, man. Uh, generic music again like ugh. anyway so Dusty in the ring immediately climbs up onto the cage and looks at his adoring fans he's over us all fuck yeah he's really good so very quickly before we go through this match sure obviously it's not long after this till Dusty goes to WWE and ends up with the polka dots yeah had they treated Dusty seriously how much of a main event talent or a main event run do you think he could have had in WWE um I'm gonna be brutal about it I don't because Vince being a body guy yeah. would not have let Dusty be his figurehead of his company, would he? I love Dusty Rhodes. Let's just yeah. put that out there to start with. I'm a big fan of Dusty Rhodes. Um, he got over because of the booking. I think he also got over with his mic skills. Yeah, he could talk like crazy. Yeah. Um, that's where not, I, not for Vince, though. No. And that's why he was putting a singlet. Yeah. Wrong accent. You can't, you can't compare him to... Armor Warrior, Macho Man, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You stand Dusty in this time period next to Hogan. Yeah. I mean, you certainly can put Sapphire there because Hogan's there. <laughs> in terms of being a star and the match quality? He was a territory star. He wasn't a national or a worldwide name. Sure. Because the wrestling fans, his promo, and you could tell from the first batch of the NXT guys who came out to the main roster who could actually cut a promo and think for themselves. Sure. There was a definitive dip in the quality of delivery from that performance center once Dusty passed away. Yeah. And, but his ability. Well, maybe. I'll, I'll go with some of that. Yeah, yeah. But his ability to tell a story in a ring with his facial expressions, where he may lack the athleticism yeah. or the actual in ring aptitude, it's his facials and his storytelling, which is what made Dusty such a draw. With, with people that are used to what a modern day wrestling match is like. If you go back and watch a Dusty Mac match, he does nothing. No. Does absolutely Bionic nothing. Bionic elbow. Yeah, he barely bumps. Yeah. 
Um, my he, kind of wrestler. He barely runs against the ropes, for God's sake. He my kind of wrestler. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but his mic skill and his, his narrative stuff, like how he gets from A to B to C in the match, is, is brilliant. Hang on, his really mic good. skills are good, but he's not that great in the ring. Who mm. else do I know who is like that? Who are you insinuating? Me. Okay. <laughs> cool. That's right. I'm comparing myself to Dusty Rhodes on a mic. So, uh, Ring announcer tells us that if Dusty loses, he can't wrestle for 90 days. So his career's on the line. Yeah, sure is. Um, Lex uh, chasing Dusty around to start. Early bionic elbow from Dusty. JJ encourages Lex to grind it. Grind, grind it, it on the outside. <laughs> What's going on? Joey Ryan appears. <laughs> Uh, Dusty goes for his Weaver lock, which is a sleeper. Yep. Which uh, the Weaver dudes, the guy on the outside, who we don't know who he is, is trying to lock it in strong. Yeah, lock it in sure. early. Uh, and this is the first example we get of Lex Luger selling. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to demonstrate some Lex Luger selling? No, because I feel I'd oversell it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's the problem. Uh, ow! Oh, ow! Oh, my arm! Ow! Ow! <laughs> it's like, fucking hell, Lex. He was actually <laughs> Take pretending to embrace his inner wolf. He was actually going, ow! <laughs> so, hopefully the wolf pack would turn up. This is my moment where I'm like, I had a conversation with Will Power the other day. Uh, it basically went like, oh, I think Lex is quite good like as a heel. And I went, no, he's fucking not. <laughs> Will Power was convinced that he was a good kind of like baby face, good at selling all this sort of stuff. And I proceeded to spam him with like 50 different examples of Lex selling. And I think I managed to convince him in the end, but yeah. I mean, I wonder why Will Power's been so busy recently and he's evidently he's been <laughs> deleting his Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lex is the worst. He looks great, but he can't talk. He can't sell. He can't work. He can't get dusty up for the torture rack. He can't do fucking anything. Hey, well, he must have worked on his strength <laughs> legitimately to be able to slam Yoko on the USS Intrepid if he couldn't get dusty in a torture rack. You'll go to with Lex. Every time you're like, bloody USS Intrepid. Because it's such a great episode <laughs> of the full uncut footage of listening to Fuji go, it's going on a bit. Oh, God. <laughs> so uh, talk about weird match formats and stuff. Dusty is practically dominating Lex for the whole match. Um, because his career's on the line. Fucking hell, man. So, um, shines last forever in the 80s, apparently, because this one is 10 minutes. 10 minutes he's dominating Lex at the beginning of the match. Well, as you said, Dusty's not going to run the ropes or bump. Mm. So if not, it should be a Terry Taylor match where nothing happens. This is where I question Dusty's booking and his willingness to put people over. Because he just fucking doesn't, ever. That's how he's over. Is he never put anyone else over by the looks of it? Yeah, no one seems to notice this. Yeah, weird one. Because he's the American dream. He doesn't even give Lex a shine, really. No. At all in this match. It's like the young up-and-comer that looks like a fucking Greek god or whatever. It's not even giving him a chance. He does, to yeah. be fair to him. He looks massive. Why would you? I look okay. like this. I get it. He looks like that. Sure, sure. Because you're booking some of the company. You benefit if you have a good top guy. But you don't because you're not in the top slot. Fucking hell. And that's how it is. NWA in the 80s. Weird, isn't it? Wrestling in general. This is why Vince McMahon's important and why he was success- successful because he wasn't in the ring. Yeah, he wasn't one of the boys. Couldn't book himself to be champion. And the only time he booked himself as champion is for legit storyline purposes. Yeah. Oh, and also booked himself because Austin got run over and they needed a main character on TV and that's why it was Vince and Triple H. Yeah, but it was a disastrously heel character for a short moment. It wasn't like a 
No, I'm the top guy. I'm the ace yeah. for endless years. <laughs> Although, in fairness, when he won the ECW title, that was funny. <laughs> I funny. said funny. I didn't say funny. it was good. <laughs> so Dusty clearly blades while sitting up in the corner. I'm like, come on, man. Like He's just sitting up, looking at the camera, going, what's happening? Just like, swiping his forehead. Well, he's been working very hard beating up <laughs> the heel. <laughs> swiping, swiping away sweat. sweat. With a razor blade. <laughs> it's got a Stanley out, and he's like, Oh, wait, oh, what? No, you can't see me doing this. It's only on telly, you know? Fucking ridiculous. Hang on, why is he turned into Shah Samuel? Because it's funny to talk like that. You see Shah's wrestling La Parker soon. Is he? Yeah, yeah, like uh, not La Parker, but LA Park, you know? What's Josh Bodum doing these days? So, uh, Le- oh, yeah, fuck. He was involved in that bollocks, wasn't he? Mm. Oh, what a cunt. Anyway, so Lex takes over for the, um, a minute or two. <laughs> <laughs> that's all Dusty will give him Dusty wanted a rest uh, still selling everything he does offensively just like he was selling it when he was getting beaten up he's like putting an arm lock on Dusty going ow <laughs> like fucking hell Lex what are you doing so a few Dusty hope moments as you might expect shenanigans in tomb. JJ hits Dusty's fella on the outside JJ uh, tries to break into the cage yeah but the can't he drops the key careless and then, so instead, goes to grab the chair and throw it into the ring. Two legs. First time, he did it all right. Impressive, yeah, fucking A. Kyrie Sane couldn't throw one into the ring. She gave herself a concussion when she did that TLC. Is that what happened? Yeah. Oh, no shit, I didn't know. I thought she got dumped on her head or something. Oh, she threw a chair into her own face. Oh, shit, damn. So um, Dusty DDT's legs onto the chair for the one, two, three. And new US champion was this? The man who kept his career. Dusty Rhodes. Um, so... There wasn't a problem with refs coming out to talk about interference earlier. There's no rules in the cage match. Fair point. Absolutely fair point. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to just forget that now. I carry on. So, cut back to... What do you think of the match? I mean, it was some real good face heat going on in that match, wasn't there? <laughs> Dusty didn't give him shit. But the fans loved it because they love Dusty. Yeah. They enjoyed it. What I really want to do is beat up this athletic-looking young man to prove what's better. Yeah. Burger or roids? You can see why guys like Brody and stuff would be like, I'm just going to beat you up. Yeah. Because you ain't giving me shit. (laughs) You know? I'd love if Luger turned around and started trying to wail on Dusty. He probably could. Yeah. I wonder whether Dusty can hook a... You know? Uh, who knows? Anyway, let's move on. So, uh, cut back to Shivoni and JR. Uh, Tony does his cheesy, how do you top something like that? <laughs> and you're like, oh, you okay, have a wrestling match. Here we go with our main event of the evening. Here goes my paper notes because I watched this earlier. Going this old is, school. This is excellent. It's- of Flair, shut up, <laughs> versus Ric Flair versus rubbish Ronnie Garvin for the World's Heavyweight Championship. Current champion, Ronnie Garvin, who has recently won the big gold belt. From did Rick you Flair. look up where this came? Did he win it from Flair? Yeah. So Flair dropped the belt to Ronnie Garvin. Of course he did. And then they so realized- we could win it back at Starcade. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They wanted to end Flair's reign, but they realized as soon as they gave it to Ronnie Garvin <laughs> that the fans hated it, didn't accept him as a top level champion, and then they're like, "Oh, we'll give it back to Flair." It's because Ronnie Garvin, as much as he, he um, is a bit of a stiff old working class sort of character, he's fucking devoid of personality. Think of modern day, do I say modern day, from back in the, the 90s, Tim Storm is how I would like him, Ronnie Garvin. Storm. Tim Storm held the NWA strap for a while. Oh. He's, he's a classic. Oh, that guy, yeah. Yeah, he's a classic wrestler, but there's no charisma. They're trying to give him a storyline in power where it's about Tim Storm's mama. 
right? But not his big mummy. Okay. <laughs> Just want to get big mummy in there. Is it any good? What, Tim Storm? Yeah. Tim Storm was very good for an old boy. Classic, okay. classic, re- classic wrestler. But that's what they should have gone with Ronnie Garvin. What they ended up with was a a charisma sponge. It's like they assumed he would just be adored. And yeah. Oh my God, he'd be the nature boy, Ric yeah. Flair. His career's made. It's like, oh, his family's in wrestling. He'll get over. His brother can do a promo. Yeah, just about. Uh, well, yeah, he didn't say anything. But he said things. just kept going. <laughs> and that's the commitment you want from a promo. <laughs> so Flair comes out to the awesome uh, music. The so fucking cool. I forgot the name of the song, but it's. Uh... I have noticed on the network when I went to finish watching this yesterday. Mm. They've added even more primetime wrestling, but they haven't added the part where Flair joins X. The part where Flair joins, that's where I'm going to be like, we've got to cover one of these. Sure, sure, we can do that. They had up to when Gorilla Monsoon was booted off by Heenan because they'd had enough and they had fallen out. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, sure. But now they're they're Heenan with other guests, (laughs) mainly Piper. I I listened to the uh, Shivoni episode about it the podcast oh um the um what happened when yeah yeah yeah, yeah. is it any good it's really good yeah it's a really fun episode actually they talk all about primetime wrestling and stuff it's, he talks about how it was like they were basically left to do whatever they wanted to and then uh they changed the show halfway through where it became like an hour of wrestling and then an hour of like bobby heenan yeah but they didn't tell the network <laughs> so it's like three months in the network came along and went um we paid for a two-hour wrestling show. Where's the other hour? They were like, it's Bobby Heenan. And they were like, no, 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 no. And that's when they swapped to Raw. Oh. Like, it's really funny, though, that they got away with that for months, apparently. They only do half a show. It's like, it's great. So one would suggest if you are listening to Tony Schiavone's podcast, you subscribe. If you like what you're listening to today, tenuous link, why don't you hit subscribe on your podcast uh, app of choice? Maybe leave us a five-star review. Do it. Certainly more stars than uh, the Luger-Dusty match. We just... <laughs> That's like a two. That's very kind. Yeah, I think it's kind. Anyway. So, blue strobe lights for Ric Flair as he comes out. He's in silver and white feathered robe. Oh, my Lord. He looks like a million fucking pounds. He looks great. Looks really good. He is. I mean, he lived He lived Ric Flair. That was it. Ric Flair is Ric Flair. And Ronnie Garbins here, too. <laughs> Dressed in his best version of Candido versus Shane Douglas attire. He's got a red towel. Uh, and a big gold belt. That belt, though. Lovely uh, belt. Lovely I mean, belt. some people say the man makes the title. <laughs> <laughs> Not with Ronnie Garvin. <laughs> so uh, the match starts. Loud Garvin sucks chance from pretty much everyone in the arena. Uh, overhead uh, slaps by Ronnie Garvin to Ric Flair. Uh, he's a stiff bastard, isn't he? He certainly works uh, the strong style. He's not chopping. <laughs> at he's all. slapping. He's overhand just bang. Bang! Over and over onto I refer to Flair's chest. Bear clubbing. Yeah. Dick move. Yeah. And that's all he does in this whole match. Endlessly. That, that's because you're like, I've just been given the, the big gold belt. My career's made. Oh, hang on a minute. Flair's complaining and I'm about to lose it. Right. Well, in that case, I'm going to beat the tar out of you. does feel like it, doesn't it? Feels like he's trying to get his own back. It's a bitter strike. Yeah, yeah. It's bitter and petty. He's not working here. No. Thank God Flair is amazing. This is just a flair match, basically, with Ronnie Garvin beating the shit out of him in his spots. You know? Ric Flair is God. Yeah. He, he does one match, but it's, it's fucking great. And you always want to see it. Yeah, every time. <laughs> like, you know every single spot of it now. It's still brilliant. But I still good. watch it and it's beaming, loving it. It's probably because when, when he did the territory, it's a case of, I haven't got really much time to work with these guys. So it's a case of, here's my match. You just do your bits and I'll 
slot them into my available slots. Sure, yeah. Absolutely. And well, I'll do my bits and we'll be out there. And we'll work on a finish, you know? Yeah. Finish is always slightly different. Yeah. It's always the same idea, but like, you know, it's pretty good. So, um, what else happens? Uh, the crowd chant along with uh, Ronnie Garvin doing his 10 punches, the one time they seem to give a shit about him. Because everyone loves to count to 10. Sure, absolutely. Whether it's a child or a grown up. There's all sorts of bullshit. Like, Ric Flair does a low blow to Ronnie Garvin at some point. They do this spot in the middle where they do a figure fours locked in uh, seven minutes into the match. And you're like, oh, okay, we're going we're going home early. I thought that they were just going to tap him out and that the was going to be about it. to die. It did feel a bit like that, but that's not what happens. Uh, Ronnie Garvin turns Flair over, reversing the pressure. Science. <laughs> <laughs> and they fall into the ropes and the ref splits them up. And I'm like, ref. It's a cage match. How dare you? We established in the last match, there's no rules in a cage match, so yeah. it's fine. Apparently there is now, though. I was like, a fucking referee. It is when there's a submission. So Wait, where, where was the ref bump? Was that in the last match or was it in this match? You there, want to talk about that? Yeah. I skipped over it. Sorry. That's fine. I was still, still really angry about it. Fucking Earl Hebner. Yeah. Oh, because the referee took a bump and he was lying on the floor, still blatantly seeing the chair get thrown into the ring. Yeah. And then, oh, I can't move. I can't move. I can't move. DDT on chair. Oh, one, two, three. Jump up, raising Dusty's head. Amazingly, he's yeah. fixed. Yeah, yeah, not great. Ref bumps. Fucking hell. NWA relied on them a lot. I would like any rest promotion to avoid ref bumps. Or if it's just the referee gets bumped, just stand back up and go, oh, <laughs> got knocked over. Or the other way around, that they accidentally take, like, you know, um, like uh, uh, the the wrestler's like shirt or something brushes against them and they fall to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like I love that shit. Good God. Anyway, back to this match. Yeah, that was stupid. Let's carry on with the Ric Flair running off. So it's a good thing you didn't remind me of that at the time because this podcast is still going to make me moaning about it. But let's <laughs> keep it the main event. <laughs> so the ref stops Ric Flair uh, using something, a chair or something at some point. I Stop lost track. Some fa- face-based heelish tactics. Yeah, exactly. WWE Network gave me massive issues around this time as well. Oh, I kept really? pausing and like uh, I had to refresh. Uh, I then logged me out, so I had to log back in. It took me back to the beginning of the show, and I was like, for fuck's sake, boys. I had to log back in today on the app. It was uh, very annoying. It happens a lot since they switched their servers. Yeah, people are complaining about it a lot. This new app and this new server lot are pants in comparison to the last run of it. I've only had one or two issues. I've decided that I no longer pause during live shows. Oh, no, don't do that. Yeah, because that, that stuff. fucked it up massively. Yeah. I couldn't even log in last time. It wasn't no. that bad. And they dropped the quality because I was, I was late to the stream or something. I don't yeah. know what happened, but it was really bad. It's almost like they've really cocked it up. Yeah, I don't know why they changed it because it was fucking Really, really before. good. I dread what's going to happen at the Rumble. And worst thing, I dread what's going to happen at Mania. A lot of people tune in for the Rumble. We'll yeah. get a test, you know. I'm even going to stay up live and watch the Rumble. Yeah. It's cool. only five, and at that stage, it's only five days to the tax turn deadline. So if you have your tax turn done <laughs> next Monday, good luck. It's going to be great. Well, I'm on the verge of having some sort of full time job, it seems like it. So I'm definitely going to stay up and watch this because it might be the last time I can for a while. No, so because that's why you have annual leave. Aha! Excellent. Which I refuse to take because on the Monday, my wife and my daughter are at home. So I'm going to go to work on the Monday and take the Tuesday off work. <laughs> So uh, Ronnie Garvin <laughs> does the KO punch with his hand of stone gimmick. Only gets two because no one puts over this gimmick ever. <laughs> so shit. Uh, Ric Flair, Irish whip, picks up Ronnie Garvin. His head bumps into the cage. Rick That's Flair... unforgiving steel. <laughs> Ric Flair pins him for the one, two, three. <laughs> oh, And you're... 
new NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. With assist of La Cage, <laughs> Ric Flair. We must thank Rubbish Ronnie Garvin for taking the belt, because if not, then Cena would be have the most world title reigns. The negotiation this finish must have taken backstage. Think about it. No, I think it's a case of <laughs> you do what Flair says, or you're Mate, fired. I don't know. I don't know about this at all. I think this would have been like, okay, are you going to tap out to the figure four? Definitely not. Um, are you going to go down to my hand of stone punch? Fuck you. <laughs> you know? How are we going to do it? I'll run into the so, cage. I'll throw you over the top rope. <laughs> you can have the belt. Oh, we can't do that. We've got the cage. Ref bump. Well, we can't do one of them in the match before. What else can we do? <laughs> I mean, this whole card, start to finish, again, on paper, looked absolute gold. Yeah. With the rest they had on it. And I made mention of it earlier that every single person on this card looked like somebody a wrestler either based on their physique or their charisma or their aura around them i did a lot of research to find this card yeah amazing and it's a real shame because the tag (laughs) match the two tag matches were great yeah tag matches are good aren't they all the tag matches both both tags and the six man were very good i didn't think dusty lex was gonna be good i thought lex would have more offense in because he's the heel every single match every singles match on this card was really poor yeah i can't think of a good one there are there were no good ones <laughs> <laughs> yeah the main event has some interest from the crowd once they decide to stop being complete dick to ronnie garvin well things though the crowd throughout this show other than during the terry taylor match yeah and the steve williams match was really good i thought they were fun yeah, yeah they were really into it they were enjoying their night do something <laughs> <laughs> Can they wrestle Joey? <laughs> but can they wrestle Joey? It's got to be a podcast title or something, <laughs> isn't it? Go on. But the, yeah, tag team wrestling in the NWA were, has always been the very best tag team because yeah. they had the best tag team to understood tag team wrestling. One of them wasn't even a match; it was just a stunt show. Yeah, and it was still a better tag match than what you see a lot of times yeah. today. That Road Warriors uh, horse match is a classic, beautifully done, really, really good. I wonder what Melts gave that. Probably four and a bit, you'd imagine. I'd hope so. It's not a five because it hasn't got the clean finish. and it's not I'd, I'd say anything less than a four would be disappointing for yeah, that match. Sure. For the whole storytelling, the psychology, Arn Anderson running that whole match. Yeah. And again, it goes to show why it's very important why Cody brought him in. Yeah, sure. Because to have that knowledge and that mindset into yeah. professional wrestling is a big loss to WWE. Great get for AEW. Yeah. And obviously having Tully around, so I'm really hoping at some point we get to see the Bucks versus the Four Horsemen. <laughs> I'd love to see it. I would absolutely adore to see it because you know, that would probably be really good. Yeah, they wouldn't let the Bucks get anything in for like ten minutes. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God for that. Um, I was so disappointed with this show. The problem is, back in the '80s in the NWA, yeah, this is why it died out. Because this was a standard yeah, of wrestling where you had shoddy finishes and that's where Vince and then the the Monday Night Raw side of things came in. Yeah. Because even though they're very character-based, also more more lines of profession-based, mm. they had, as I said at their big shows, the finishes, the culmination of storylines, or it was obvious where those storylines were going to carry on afterwards. The problem with this NWA card at this time 
is that the stories progressed nowhere because, as you said, you had Dusty booking himself to be the top draw. Yeah. There was no progression. So whilst they had their big stars and they wanted to keep everyone strong in case the other one left, the problem they had was everyone everyone left. Absolutely. And then they were left with no new stars. And when Dusty decided to be like, oh, I'll just focus more on other things and wrestling. I was very disappointed. I was. I looked at this. I was very excited to watch mm. this, and the and the six man to start with. I was like, this this kicked is. off, all right. Yeah, but as soon as you got that bullshitty finish, you were like, oh dear, oh no, yeah, this is not a good booking period. This wasn't a and good product. So one of the big problems is that this this show, as I said at the beginning, the the need to want to watch this show came from listening to all the Cornette chats yeah. basically like it was all the early shoots that i was listening to so the very first one with rf that the cornet face comes yeah. from and things like that and uh, not the later ones because it's just him trying to be controversial almost but the yeah. early ones are really really interesting because it feels like he's just getting stuff off of his chest almost <laughs> that he hasn't been able Something, to like very cathartic yeah sure and he talks amazingly and he's very funny um but he talks like this is a golden period for wrestling it really wasn't it was a golden period for wrestling and wrestlers because the thing with the NWA, right, is that it looks like shit, okay? The wrestlers generally look like shit, yeah. okay? It, it's drab, I think is the nicest term to put it, right? But when the storytelling and the booking is great, it, it's it's flying, okay? Yeah. With the WWF around this time, uh, you have some really good booking and storytelling and people coming through and all the talent and everything else, but you've also got all this glamour and this great production and everything else on top of it. And so if there's something wrong with the narrative or, you know, Hogan doesn't quite have the greatest match in the world, whatever it be, the production around Hogan, all this sort of stuff makes it okay. Yeah. To, to the more casual fan, put it that way. Crowd shot kids. straight into the ring of kid having wearing Hulk rules, vest top and bandana. 100%. The NWA hasn't got good booking or good storylines going on. There's not a lot else to sit back and rely on. You know? It's a good thing that Billy and Lagana got involved and now they've turned it around. Well, there we go. <laughs> so, uh, should we give star ratings stuff before we do our Hall of Fame unveil? Yes. Purely because the tag matches were very good. This is, I mean, again, because we don't do halves. I want to, but it's going to be a three for me. A three-star match card basically if you're going to watch this watch the skywalker match watch the lod and the horseman and if you want to see young sting don't watch any of the singles matches i think that's generous i think i'm going to go too i think the production was bad I think there's big pauses in the middle uh the cameras miss a whole bunch of the interesting stuff that's happening so do aw and people love it uh, <laughs> doesn't stop this show from having those problems let's put it that way uh, <laughs> the main events were crap even though awful. you've got Dusty and Flair trying to carry two other guys but not doing it the way they should do I think Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Garvin is just I don't get why Ronnie Garvin was ever a world heavyweight champion at all um, LOD and um, uh, Horseman fucking brilliant scaffold match was kind of fun the bullshit finishes yeah Russo-esque at times you know comparing Dusty to Russo is, Ooh, is bad wow. but I'd love to hear him say bro there we go <laughs> so yeah I think it's the two 
So, I'd go watch that tag match with uh, the Road Warriors and the Horsemen. And you can if you go to the WWE Network. If you scroll down, it's got all the match times listed. So just, just click on the Road Warriors and the Horsemen. That's one of the greatest tag matches I've ever seen. But the rest of the card, like, fucking hell, just don't bother. Speaking of the greatest things we've ever seen. There we go. It's time to get on to the greatest thing in podcast history. The World of Wrestling Podcast Hall of Fame. Voted for you, the list by you, the listener. Thank you very much, everyone, for voting. We had a uh, good over 33 people voted on this. So people actually interacting with our Twitter. <laughs> so it's lovely. Thank you very much, World of Rest Pod. Uh, we nominated four people we came to the conclusion for. In fourth place, with 3% of the vote, trailing a long way behind, which he bloody shouldn't have been, was J-E-double-F, J-A-double-R-E-double-T. Considering how much he's been on our podcast over the years, I think it's a travesty that he only got 3% of the vote. Yeah, but he's also had, only had 3% of the matches. <laughs> well, maybe so. I think there's also people just don't like him almost. Yeah. But racist Hulk Hogan gets 15% <laughs> over the top of him in third place. Brother. In second place is our close personal friend of Coach Wicked with 27%. But our runaway winner, and rightfully so, I think it had to be done, was you all need someone to come catch you. <laughs> Murder Clown with 55%. Our buddy Murder Clown, who follows us on Twitter is our first ever inductee to the World of Wrestling Podcast Hall of Fame. I am going to send a message to Conan once we publish the results of our Twitter poll to tell him, and obviously we'll say Murder Clown has won on our feed, and then I'm going to send it to Conan and say, could you tell me how I can get a plaque or an award to Murder Clown <laughs> and see if he bites? And if he does, I will send this to Mexico. That would be incredible. And make him pay yeah. the fucking postage. We can send him a giant t-shirt. <laughs> you know, if we can send him a little package. Yes. A little care package, you know. Maybe some English sweets or something, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm Fantastic. Sure love that. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. We've got to try and do this, haven't we? And see if he will... <laughs> I'll basically put it in English and then do like a Google Translate to put it in Spanish, send it over there and see if we'll take a picture for his Twitter. I'm totally in. I I love this man so much i've watched some of his stuff recently and again he's saving little kids flying off balconies and such aerostar owes a lot to murder clown and so do we here at the world of wrestling podcast absolutely what a legend so thank you everyone for voting we really really appreciate that we had a lot of interaction and i'm, I'm happy that everyone got some votes like coach wicked got very close to winning that and he barely promoted himself at all <laughs> yeah. so i really appreciate that but yeah it had to be murder clown yeah first hands down. absolutely first ballot hall of fame <laughs> member murder <laughs> clown so uh yeah that's it i guess yeah um where people where people where people where people <laughs> we the people <laughs> where can people find you on the social medias uh fanboy rich on twitter and instagram took me a second uh fanboy rich is the best place to contact me I'm at the Tex Williams on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, returning to SCPW on the 9th of February, I assume to do color commentary. Cool. Hopefully not wrestle because I haven't worked out for a while. <laughs> uh, when is it? Sorry. Uh, 9th of February. Cool. I'll be there. Unless I'm like working. Coach oh, Wicked birthday bash. Oh, is it really? Oh, awesome, man. Sounds good. When is his actual birthday? I'm not going to disclose it in case of GDPR reasons. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Anyway. And also, I don't have my phone with my calendar <laughs> on. So no. At Coach Wicked on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Uh, SCPW as well. They're fucking awesome. One of the best promotions in the Southeast. You're going to really, really enjoy it. So yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, WaterWrestlingPodcast.com is the best place to find all our feed for all, uh, all your iTunes app and all that bollocks. Uh, go buy a t-shirt. Amazon.co.uk. World of Wrestling Podcast. We'll be back next week with the finest wrestling from the Emirates. Oh, we are, yeah. Yes, Jeez, we are. Qatari Pro Wrestling, aren't we? Yes, and I the will then get to tell you my fantastic story 
about my discussions with people involved you... in the finest promotion in Qatar. <laughs> You've teased this uh, for at least two months now, I think. Yeah, and now it's going to be a really disappointing story, but we'll find. We'll execute. So Maybe that's not the word. <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, reveal the grand story on next week's episode. Uh, I'm really looking forward to doing this this week. These really random, crazy shows we do are often the best. They're sometimes the least listened to. Because people see like WF Raw or whatever, and they're like, oh, I know that. But if you're listening to this and you want a funny podcast, go listen to one of the random ones. And more Trust importantly, me. so far, we get occasional Twitter hate from another country around this area. Let's see if we can get blacklisted from Qatar as well. <laughs> Hello to all our friends in Saudi. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, because it's not the same country. No, no, I know. Um, by the way, Crown Jewel is back in Feb- next month. They're doing, a, they're doing another trip to Saudi. Oh, it's a shame we've got a schedule, so we won't be able to do it. That's all right. I may record <laughs> it as a bonus pod. Also, okay, we um, can do that. It's fine. I may, uh, if I have the opportunity, there may be a slight little something that I'm going to record on my own, not the what has happened to the uh, Super Quiz Cup. Okay, that, that was going to be my next question that I just remembered. Yeah. Um, I will be having a chat with uh, New Riot Wrestling's promoter uh, next week to discuss their upcoming show on the 5th of May in London. Some fantastic, fantastic wrestling. They're only doing one show a year, maybe two. Okay. Um, so I'm going to be chatting to them about their show and their aspirations for taking over London Pro Wrestling. Because I didn't know if you knew, no one really runs shows in London for professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Should we leave it there? Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.